afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to episode number 16 of Ruthless Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. Welcome back, man. Uh, it is Tuesday. So today is Tuesday. And we are going over some Monday Night Raw, man, from last night, which was February 6th, 2023. So before we get into anything, man, because there is a lot to cover, man, a lot happened in last night's show. Um, I mm -hmm. do want to start off with this, man. And uh, news just broke out um, this afternoon uh, that involves uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Um, so unfortunately, um, news broke out that last night um, he suffered... Um, a stroke. I believe he was in Fort Myers in Florida or somewhere in the west part of Florida. He suffered a, a major medical emergency that involved a stroke. Um, from what I heard from some sources, not not saying that it's confirmed, but they're saying that he is going to be OK, that he is in in medical, um, you know, some medical um, care right now um, somewhere in the state of Florida. Um, so, and obviously we'll get more updates on his condition as the time goes, man. So we just wanted to come on here and start this show off and send our prayers and our thoughts to, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler, man, the guy is Absolutely. a freaking legend. You know, I still mm -hmm. remember the days of him and, and J and, and Jim Ross, you know, on commentary, man, you know, that, that duo, you mm -hmm. know, that, that duo was legendary, man. And no, nobody sure. can ever. Can, can ever uh can take those two away man so unless you, unless you want to go back to like you know freaking really the old school days of uh bobby the brain heenan and stuff like that but anyway uh but yeah, and, man, and just... for you younger viewers out there if you haven't heard of uh the stuff he did uh with uh, andy kaufman back in the day uh yeah, definitely I, check I, that I've out seen research definitely check that. that out yeah yeah absolutely that, that was i remember as a kid i, I didn't know uh yeah, I mean, it, it was real to me. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, they they pulled that off brilliantly, yeah. And, of course, then his commentary work is is legendary as well. But, yeah, best wishes to him and his family for sure. Absolutely well said, Brian. So, yeah, man, again, we just want to send our wishes to Jerry Lawler and his family as he uh, we continue uh, to get updates on his condition. And we'll also let you guys know, um, once we get those updates and let you know, uh, what, um, what his condition is when the, when the time comes so. Orlando, Florida, our number one, we start off with edge, the rated R superstar. I can't do a good Tony Schimmel. Uh, is that, uh, who, uh, who says, uh, who does that? Uh, is it Tony Schimmel? I believe he's got, oh, what's his name? The ring announcer. Oh God. People are screaming at me now. I'm not sure the WWE uh, ring announcer. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I'm not like, sure. Uh, no. Yeah, I was, ah, that is again. He does that famous line. He's like the rated R superstar. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that name sound? Does that ring a bell? I'm not. Even if you said it, I don't know that. I think it's I want to say uh, something like that. I don't know. If I'm botching that, I I deeply apologize, guys. But anyway, <laughs> again, I just had to make that little reference. But anyway, man. Uh, yeah, Edge, and uh, his wife, his lovely wife, the Glamazon Beth Phoenix. They start the show off and they both hit the ring, man. Um, but yeah, man, uh, even down the ring, man, you know, Edge being the rated R superstar himself, just tapping that 
that lovely, that lovely, beautiful behind of, of Beth Phoenix. And she even right. gave him a look like, you better stop it. <laughs> it caught, yeah. And I, I don't know. If, I wonder if they planned that or if that was serious because it, you know, cut back to them. Something tells she... me that was actually serious. Like, dude, like, like stop. Like we're on television. <laughs> I don't know. Again, it's, you know, he's the rated R superstar for a reason. Right. Yeah. And anyway, you know, regardless how old he gets. So, but anyway, man, freaking, I just love this pairing. There's something about Beth and edge man mm -hmm. it's just like it's like a super team man you look sure. at edge who's already a freaking workhorse who's a freaking legend in this business right and then you have beth phoenix who by the way looks freaking amazing i mean she, Bro. i mean if yeah. you guys haven't seen beth phoenix last night, i mean just look at the visual i mean this girl has arms bigger than most freaking men out there she's mm -hmm. got the freaking delts she's got her arms crossed like this girl looks like a freaking beast bro like it's yeah like, she looks like so a million bucks man. she looks freaking incredible man it's just crazy to think, man, because, I mean, obviously, I understand with when it comes to, you know, wanting to start a family and starting a new chapter in your life. But, man, I sometimes think, man, imagine if we could have gotten Beth for the last five to ten years. Sure. You know what I'm saying how yep. different maybe the women's division would be. Just mm -hmm. something that popped into my head, man. But, again, shout out to Beth Phoenix, man. She's freaking – and she's a sweetheart in real life outside of her character – She's a freaking sweetheart and, a, and an amazing mother and all that stuff, man. But yeah, just Beth Phoenix just looking like a freaking beast. She man. did, yeah. Absolutely love it. But anyway, yeah, the crowd, uh, well, obviously, so Edge kind of just, all right, let's just jump to the point. It's you know, he's like, obviously, you guys know why we're out here. You know, it's, it involves the judgment day. He's like, but listen, you know, the judgment day, it's my fault. You know, obviously, he is the one that started the judgment day. You know, he's like, but listen, you know, there was a, there was a reason why I did this is because I you know I saw people like Finn. Um, or excuse me, people like Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, people who had talent and wanted to showcase that talent, you know, and he and he kind of just went uh, with the Judgment Day one by one. You know, it's like he talks about Finn Balor and how uh, ever since they've joined the Judgment Day, their game has been been up and has been turned up another level. And I actually mm -hmm. agree with him, guy. The Judgment sure. Day, like Finn Balor, dude, like outside of the Demon Bro, like I really had no interest in Finn Balor. Now you see Finn Balor, he's got like a personality. His, he's a lot more confident on the mic. He's got mm -hmm. some pizzazz going to him. Damian Priest, the same thing. Damian Priest, now, he did botch. There was a botch in his <laughs> yeah. promo in this segment. We're going to get to that in just a second. But, yeah, man, just his uh, his voice and the way he's delivering promos. Obviously, there's there's times where he kind of botches, and he's his delivery at times is a little bit botched. But outside of that, man, like Damian Priest is – and like I said, obviously, he can go in the ring – don't be mm -hmm. shocked, guys, if Damian Priest in about a about a year or two can be a main event player in this company. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I said it. Oh, I said it. I know there's people like, oh, James, I wouldn't go that far. Well, you know, it doesn't – oh, that's fine. No, I think I've dissected sure everything I needed to dissect about Damian Priest, and I think because of the Judgment Day, this dude – this dude can go, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and I think, you know, if he can clean up some things here and there. I'm not saying he's there now, but if when he when he does clean up some stuff, he, he can be legit, man. Like, Absolutely. like, and then of course you have Rhea Ripley, man. I mean, do I need to waste my breath about Rhea? And he goes, and he goes one by one with the judgment day. He says, Oh yeah. Dominic's there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking again, awesome. edge edge, man, for 20 plus years, man, the guy is just like, I don't think I've ever seen edge. Like I can't remember the last time edges botched a promo. Like this guy was yeah. on his freaking a game, dude. Like he came in freaking amplified. He came in hot and he just was on a different freaking level. As a matter of fact, even the crowd chanted, 
you still got it. And guess what his reaction was like, guys, I never freaking lost it. And I right. believe him, dude. Like you could tell he was also kind of like, like, uh, like taken <sighs> back by that. Like, what, what do you mean? I still have it. I never freaking lost this. What are you talking about? Uh, I just, caught again, that too. Yeah. Just edge is just freaking phenomenal, man. I know a lot of people, they had, you know, people, you know, like you, Brian, back in the day, they had stone cold, the rock, they had freaking ultimate warrior for me, man. In the early 2000s, man, obviously for me, it was Orton. For me, it was like people like Chris Benoit. People was like Chris, like Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. And then there was Edge, man. I remember literally the the first feud, one of the first two feuds I've ever came across as a, as a WWE fan. The first one was Randy Orton and The Undertaker, uh, the legend mm-hmm. killer Randy Orton. And then the other one was John Cena and Edge. You know, mm-hmm. when, when Cena threw a, a Edge in the Long Island Sound, that whole ladder match that they had. It was freaking awesome, and that's when yeah. I immediately I became a freaking fan of Edge, and I've been I've been watching Edge in his entire journey, dude. The guy is just so fucking good, bro. But anyway, I, I can go on for hours, dude, just hyping mm-hmm. up Edge, but I want to get to the rest of this segment. So, but yeah, anyway, man, he says, listen, um, you know, it's like you've made, you know, obviously going, you know, talking about the Judgment Day or message to the Judgment Day. He's like, you've made a bad problem even worse. He's like, I'm a cruel, vindictive bastard, and this dude is now getting freaking amplified. And uh, now Beth Phoenix gets on the microphone, and then the Judgment Day and their music hits, minus Rhea Ripley. They said something about Rhea Ripley's not there because of, uh, I guess she's at an event uh, to hype up WrestleMania or something like that. I forgot what the words were, but but she's not there because of like some business that she's dealing with in, in regards to Mania. Um, Dominic's out there, the entire gang minus Rhea Ripley. Freaking Dominic is just so freaking funny. Again, talking about hard times, talking about his whole shtick with freaking, uh, you know, going into, you know, being in jail, even though he's only in there for about several hours. It's just freaking hysterical, man. Um, but yeah, man, he's like, listen, you know, he's like, you guys, and then, and that's when Edge just cuts him off. And he's like, like, listen, you guys don't know what you really want, you know. It's like the difference between you and us is that we truly have each other's back. He's like, you guys have dropped each other faster than XCOM Don dropped his drawers in the clink. <laughs> oh my God. And then, yeah, it's like, listen, he's like, it's fit. And he goes, t- he turns his attention back to Dom. And he's like, you know, it's just funny how many times you screwed your dad over. And then like, you can hear the crowd like, oh snap. And that's what I mean, man. Edge is just on his freaking game. It's just so freaking mm-hmm. crazy. And then that's when, uh, you know, judgment or uh, Beth, Beth Phoenix gets on the microphone. He's like, listen, you know, if, if Rhea's not here, you know, unless you guys also have the the, the balls, <laughs> you know, she lays down the challenge for uh, uh, for Elimination Chamber, which is mm-hmm. Edge and herself, Beth Phoenix against Finn and Rhea Ripley. And Judgment Day accepts uh, the challenge, man. But obviously before that, though, Damian Priest, like I said, he botched his lines. He's like, I kind of felt bad for him because he was like almost yeah. on an island and he was like, he turns to Finn. He actually recovered from it very well. He did. It's like, oh, Edge, you got me so flustered. I can't stand you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, it was so freaking, it was just so freaking funny. Finn's just like, not, it's like, he, again, he was like, he was on an island on with, uh, like on himself. He's just like turning to Finn, like asking for help. And Finn's like, dude, I'm not going to freaking help you, bro. <laughs> it was just really funny. Again, Dominic, again, talking about hard times again. Again, I like the judgment day, bro. There's a place for the judgment day man again if you book them properly um you know of course you have Rhea Ripley like you know they they got it man regardless of mm-hmm. how you feel about the judgment day bro there's something there uh, but yeah man so yeah the judgment day accepts the challenge for elimination chamber and that's when Finn says that's if you make it to elimination chamber and then they start surrounding the ring um 
Uh, what else? Oh, that's right. The street profits, the street profits have to hit the ring to even the odds. So, uh, uh, Dawkins hits the ring, Dominic escapes and Montez Ford comes up behind him. He throws him back into the ring and Beth Phoenix puts him in the glam slam. And guys, just think of this visual, right? He Beth Phoenix has Dominic up in the glam slam. This is the hard camera, camera a, and Dominic's eyes are wide and all of a sudden you hear Dominic scream mommy and bam he just like <laughs> flattens freaking Dominic like a pancake bro yeah it was just so freaking good bro and then then yeah man that uh that pretty much ends the segment man a, a solid first segment man I gotta give I gotta give credit where credit is due man Dominic you know before we even started these podcasts, before we even start, I even started Instagram lives. I was very hard on Dominic because to be honest, I never really saw anything. And now man, and it's taken time and he's still, there's still work that he needs to do, but man, there's, he's, I, he's starting to get it, Brian. He's mm -hmm. really starting to get it. And just like the way he screams out, my mommy, like help. <laughs> I just freaking love it. Like, no, bro, there's no Rhea Ripley there to help you. And then like yep. that glam slam and bam, uh, just so well done, man. Everybody in this segment was just freaking funny. Again, Damien recovering from his botch, Finn mm -hmm. having a little bit of personality edge, even edge during Damien's botch had to, had to like hold in his freaking laughter. It was actually, I don't know if you caught that too, Brian, he had to like hold in his laughter, but yeah, yeah man, just a really well round segment. And I said this last week, guys, Edge and Beth Phoenix just being there on Raw just brings a whole new life and just a whole new level of amplification that this show desperately needs, mm -hmm. man. And, and of course, with Cody Rhodes to boot, man. But I've done enough talking, man. This was a long-ass segment. Uh, Brian, your thoughts, man. The floor is yours. Yeah, I thought it was a great opening having them two come out. You know, obviously, uh crowd was really hot for them, which, you know, and any type of live show like that always just adds to the atmosphere when the, the live crowd, you know, is really invested in it. Um, again, you know, you kind of caught, uh, you know, this is going back to the rumble where I guess somebody caught, you know, snapped a photo of, of edge, you know, <laughs> grabbing best ass. And so now it's still like continuing and it kind of, you know, it, 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 the camera pans back to Beth real quick and, you can see that again, you know, I don't know if it was, if it was planned, if it was not, but she's like, you know, stop, you know, it, it was just a, like a, it just played really well. You know, it just, it just did. And then as you said, edge on the mic, man, he is money. And, you know, obviously these people for the most part, you know, have to rehearse their lines a little bit, or at least have some idea of what they're going to say. And, yeah, I caught that moment, too, where the crowd, and it wasn't even that loud, but I guess, you know, he had heard it when they started saying, you still got it, and he just kind of goes off, you know, off script. He's like, I never lost it, you know, and it just speaks to that just how in the moment he is, and he can still, he can veer off for that little second and come right back into it, like, you know, and just, yeah, he's a he's a pro all the way. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally invested I, I really want to see this match between uh you know him and beth and or yeah edge and beth and and finn and Rhea. Mm -hmm. um you know i i guess it's kind of going to be a one-off match at the elimination chamber because Rhea is going to go on to wrestlemania but even so man i, I really want to see the match so 
And as you said, I I, I agree with uh with your thoughts on Priest. Um, you know, yeah, he he flubbed it up a little bit there, but recovered well. And as I mentioned last week or last Friday show, yeah, Dom has grown on me, man, and he continues to. Um, same, same. Yeah, he just uh, again, he in the WWE right now. You know, there's there's the there's different kinds of heels, right? There's there's the vicious heel, the monster heel, the chicken shit heel, man, is is always and he he is that guy right now in WWE, I think, that that just, you know, and nobody believes he can really beat anybody. And of course the whole, you know, ex con or what what is it what do you call himself? Ex con dom now. Ex com dom or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's good, man. Um yeah, I, I like the segment. I like again as we've talked, you know, opening up with a with a segment like that instead of just going right into a match. So yeah, all around well done, man. I was uh thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and guys, and I also don't, I'm not saying this also because I'm a fan of Edge. And I, I mean this honestly from a honest critique. Edge right now is at his age right now is more captivating and better than almost half of the roster today. It's not my yeah. opinion, guys. That's a freaking fact. Like you hear For this sure. guy, dude, you are immediately invested. You are hanging on to every single word this guy says because mm-hmm. he's that good. He's that captivating. I don't care how freaking old he is. I don't care if he looks like he's freaking 80 to 100 years old. I will get invested to everything that Edge does because he can still go, by the way, even in the ring. Right. Um, and, and, that, just, and that's, yeah, credit and, to and him. To captivate a freaking storyline. that Like, he is still that freaking dude, man. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I just every time now as we get later and later into Edge's career, I just I, there's just more appreciation that I have for him. Uh, more than ever than I've ever right. watched him in his career. And same with Beth Phoenix, man. Just just the way that women have been booked lately. You know, obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent in the women's division. You know, obviously when Sasha Banks was here, you have Bailey, you have Becky Lynch, you have Bianca Belair, you have Asuka, you have all, you have all these women that have tremendous talent. But then you look at someone like freaking Beth Phoenix and you're like, mm-hmm. man, you know, we respect the fact that she chose to be a mother and this and that. But imagine if she was here for the last five to six years, man, how yeah. a different place this women's division would be. And that's why that guys that they, they were on my top five list mm-hmm. uh, for this, for this past week, man, because they changed the, the feel and the vibe and just the aura of a show in the yeah. snap of a finger. And that's what makes both of them um, special because together you see a visual of them together. They're literally like a super team, man. It's they're right. that captivating. They're that freaking good. And I can't say enough praise about them, man. So, but yeah, and just man, real tremendous... quick to, to add on to Edge, man. Um, because you know, when you talk about these old timers or part timers coming back or wh- whatever you want to label them, um, dude, when he came back, I guess it was last year originally, or was it has it been two years now? It's been about whatever. two years when he first came back to the to the Rumble, I think 21 is when he 21. First came Either back. way, yeah. like when he came back. That was literally the best shape I've ever seen that dude in, man. Mm-hmm. You know, even all through his that shows you how you know, serious he is. Like exactly, not, that's I mean, what I'm he's saying. Not back just to be like, oh, like I'm back right. for like a one time thing. No, like he's back to actually like you know put some cool storylines together and get exactly. Them, you know what I mean, yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind that because if you're gonna go that route, yeah, you have to. Of, of course, he's gonna be money on the mic, but the the shape that he's worked himself into, you know. 
it it makes still makes it believable, even though he is fifty, you know, fighting somebody that might be half his age or whatever. No, Edge will still kick your ass because <laughs> he's he's that good and in that kind of shape. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so with that, man, we get into our first match of the <clears throat> night. This was Damian Priest versus Angelo Dawkins, one half of the Street Profits. This was a United States. Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Gotta love qualifying matches, man. There's just <laughs> is it me, Brian? Are we seeing more qualifying matches? Like we see qualifying matches for freaking the rumble. We have to qualify to get into the chamber. We have to qualify to get a freaking reservation at Ruby Tuesdays. Like what like, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, my God, man. It's like I'm qualified to the point where I'm hitting a brick wall, dude. Like, my, yep. I, you know what I'm saying, man? Again, that, that's a conversation for a whole different day about qualifying matches. But anyway, uh, match time was under eight minutes. I mean, decent match. I mean, no doubt. I mean, we know Angelo Dawkins. You know, I have my 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 thoughts and critiques about Dawkins, but, I mean, this was a decent match. He can hold his own when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Priest wins this match. Right person won this match, of course. I mean, I didn't. I there's no way I saw Dawkins winning this over Priest, especially right. the way the momentum with Judgment Day right now. Uh, Priest wins via the South of Heaven choke slam. Again, match time was under eight minutes, and yeah, man, that was pretty much uh, pretty much it. Again, Brian, you know, again, I can go on and on about qualifying matches, man. To me, I just think they're nothing but filler. It's the same thing I way I feel about tournaments, man. You know, right. you have all these people that you could build feuds you know, at one another, but instead you throw them in, in these qualifying matches, these tournaments that really do nothing for them because they just mm-hmm. lose. They're out of the tournament and they're like, oh, okay, well you just go back to catering until we have like another tournament for you or something. You know, <laughs> right. It's just, you know, I mean, listen, great for Damian Priest. He has to win this match, of course, but for Dawkins, man, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's interesting. I have another, and I have another critique and in, in a take about the street profits when we get into Montez, Ford and his qualifying match later the night, but I'm going to save that till we get right. there. But yeah, uh, Brian, your thoughts with this match uh, overall, and uh, and yeah, man, just your overall, overall thoughts about the match. Yeah, it was a it was an okay match. Again, Priest had to win that match, uh, given the momentum and the storyline and all things like that. I will say with Angelo Dawkins, um, you know, I know I had mentioned previous on one of our previous podcasts. You know, Montez Ford has definitely been the star of that team but i i gotta give credit to angelo at least you know in in the past month month and a half like i i have definitely seen improvements in him in in ring um so yeah you know he's again he he's not there yet um but he's improved uh so you know it, it is what it is but um i guess I'll, I'll save it for the montez ford thing too but i i yeah, Street Power Profits as a team, I don't know how much longer we're going to see them as a team. I think they've hit the ceiling, honestly. Right. Because I yep. think they, because does WWE, I think, has done everything they, they could do with them. They've been in major title matches. They've done mm-hmm. this and this and that at the, in the kitchen sink, right? And yeah. I think they just hit their ceiling. And again, I, I'll talk more about the Street Profits when we get into Montez, because there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about Montez and Dawkins as a team together. But yeah. There's just something about the profits, man, where I think, to be honest with you, even though it's not going to help the tag division, but I mean. Yeah, I think it's run its course. It's run its course. Exactly, man. So yep. but we'll see, man. Like I said, we got, you know, that, that's not the first time we'll be talking about the street. Or the last time I should say the last time we're, we'll be talking about the street profits is Montez has his match later in the night. So mm-hmm. Austin Theory arrives to Raw in a Lamborghini. Yeah. 
pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, I talked about it in the in the raw review. He's like, hey, he's got some, he's got some style. You know, what I'm saying, listen, mm-hmm. I, I like fat. I'm a big fashion type of guy. I like, I like his his. <laughs> I like his style. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, man, arriving into a Lamborghini, you know, then you, I still remember Charlotte Flair arriving into, uh, what did he, what did she drive? A freaking, uh, um, it was like the same freaking car that Barbie dro- drove in Corvette, uh, in the court, in a court. Yeah, yeah. I, no, no. It was a Corvette or was it something else? I don't know. I'm not good with cars. <laughs> gotcha. I'm not good with cars, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. Austin Theory, look, he's trying to make. I guess you know they're trying to make him look like he's worth a million bucks, and I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. I well, again, not not too much about Austin Theory in the show. I think they just had him on commentary for right one of these matches, and that was pretty. The, much I think movie. it was the Montez Ford match. Yeah, yeah, the Montez Ford match exactly. Yep. But then, yeah, man, we get into another backstage segment. The Maximum Male Models are officially on Monday Night Raw. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but the, well, the, well, thankfully, this led to something, and that was. Chelsea Green and I forgot to mention this last week. I was like, I remember going through my notes. I'm like, I I think I forgot to mention something. It was Chelsea Green, and uh, she interrupts Adam Pierce and she's like, "Are you the manager here?" <laughs> I freaking guys, there's a lot of stuff I want to say about this character, but I'm gonna save it till I get to the end of this segment here. Uh, like yeah, she's like, she goes to Pierce. She's like, "Are you the manager here?" And Adam Pierce is like, "We we we talked about this last week. Yeah. Like, you know who I freaking am. Like, you know I'm the manager here." Right. She's like she once again, she demands like a private dressing room. She, these Swiss chocolates. She's like, "These are Belgian. They're not Swiss chocolates." <laughs> right. Freaking, uh, you know, like the water, like nice fancy water, etc. Um, you know, and she wonders like, "Hey, like, you know, I'm a big star here. Like, why am I not in this in in any of these qualifying matches for the chamber? Like, what's what's going on here?" She's like, "Listen, either you give me a match." She's like, "Listen, my family's in attendance. Like, I have this and this and that." Like that white girl type of voice. I can do it really well, right. but I don't want to scare you, Brian. Can I? I think I can actually do it really well. Oh, no, I, I could say, probably do it pretty it. well too. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But she's, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's like, listen, my family's in attendance. You know, I want this big intro. I want these bright lights. And I said, but listen, you know, I'm going to give a call to your manager because if you don't give me a match, then you know your manager is going to hear it or whatever. It's just like I right. really like. This character, Brian, has a lot of potential. There's something about it. She's like this. It's like that Karen type yeah, of character. I'm... Like everything, like she wants the spotlight on her. Like everything mm-hmm. is about her. Like I don't care if I asked you something already like 12 times and 10,000 times. Like she already she already mentioned to Pierce, like, are you the manager last week? And now here she right. is doing it again. She's like, Pierce is like, you know who I am. And she's like, listen, I, I don't have the time to care about who you are because I'm Chelsea Green. I like it. I think it fits really. There's a place for it, man. Whether you mm-hmm. like this character or not, guys, there is a place for it. There's a personality to it. You know, there's, right. again, I talk about everybody, you know, day and age, even women's wrestling, just being a carbon copy of one another. That's why I like Asuka and Kana, this new character that she has. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she's always had that quirky type of cool type of character to her. But it's 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 not being a carbon copy. Like everybody's just the same type of person. That's just a great technical wrestler. They do these flips and dives, and so on and so forth. You guys know my freaking my spiel about that. And and that's what I like. You know, there's something there's something there, man. And the connection between her and Pierce, like it's very eye opening, man. You know, I like I said, right. man, I have I have to call this stuff out, man. I like what they're doing with Chelsea Green. I really really do, man. So. 
before we get into this uh, second match, man, Brian, your thoughts about Chelsea Green and this new character, man. Let let me hear it, man. The floor is yours. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. And, um, you know, it's it's just been kind of this this last two weeks that we've been introduced to it. So, um, you know, I, I, I like I like where it's going. Um, of course, it's it's, you know, everybody loves to hate a Karen, right? I mean, so that's again she's gonna be a, a heel karen and um yeah I, I don't i don't know much about chelsea green you know to be honest uh you know her her previous work um but yeah i, I again I, I it's one of those things where i i'm gonna you know the character as a karen i'm gonna hate it so much i love it you know what i mean so yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see where where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I said I've always I've always been high on Chelsea Green. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been high on her. I've 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 studied her. I've 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 watched her in her career. And there's definitely something. There's definitely something there. I yeah, absolutely. She was here last time, and she never really gotten a chance at all. Now now she's been right. Now she's giving this opportunity, and man, she's she's running with it. She's running mm-hmm. what WWE is giving her, and I got to give her kudos, man. As long as they they keep her in these segments. They keep her in the right segments. They build her correctly. She can yeah. be something, man. She, this, you know, this woman, this she can be highly entertaining as this character already yeah. is. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, man. So again, shout out to Chelsea Green. It's actually good to see her, and it's good to see her back. You know, after when she got released a few a few months ago. Yep. All right, man. We go into our second match. This was uh, Baron Corbin versus Dexter <laughs> Loomis. Match time was four minutes. Again, uh, you know, JBL, of course, at ringside, and then you have Gargano. You just got to keep having Loomis and Gargano attached at the hip. I know it worked, guys, at NXT, but, guys, it's doing nothing for anybody on the main roster now. At least in, the main, at least in NXT, there was a, a storyline. They, they, there was a reason to care. It was funny. They gelled one another. Now they're just attached to the hip with, like, no direction. Like, what are we right. doing with Gargano and Dexter Loomis? It's just weird to me. Um, but yeah, Loomis wins via, I believe it was like a spine buster of some sort. I want to say, um, I guess. And yeah, this match loses in 14 in 14 in about pretty much four minutes. Uh, this match right. wasn't that long. Uh, um, here's a cool fact for you, uh, for you, uh, Brian, this is now a 16 match losing streak for Baron Corbin. That is a fact of oh. uh, 16 matches lost. That includes raw and live events, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, for 16, 16 straight matches, Corbin has lost. And pretty much this is kind of, I guess they're telling the story about, again, Corbin going on this downward spiral again, and they're trying to reamp the character. And the, here, here, here's the problem. You know what? I'm going to save it, Brian. I'm going to have you start start off with this, your, your thoughts with this match, or at least what was left of this match, and uh, what maybe this could lead to with Corbin and Loomis or something. I don't know, man, but your thoughts. Yeah. Man, I mean, I kind of think this was the stinker of the show, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so Bar- I'll start with Baron Corbin. Um, I, I mean, he's always he's always had the name Baron Corbin, but when he, at least the first I was introduced to him, back when he had the long hair, gosh, I, this has to be, I guess, a lone know, wolf, 20, like year, probably six lone, years ago. Yeah. Yes, the lone wolf character. I was I, I kind of I liked him in that right I was kind of following him and then you know they just since that lone wolf character to me um yeah he hasn't hasn't really done much of anything um I don't know I, I felt at the time because I mean wasn't 
didn't he when he was back in that lone wolf character um i want to say and again this is at a time where i wasn't following wrestling as much but i mean he had a program with cena and stuff and he was kind of in the title picture was he not yeah he was um he he was mainly like in the mid card type of well they actually he held a briefcase he held the briefcase and he lost it to cena okay um and yeah like he kind of like that lone wolf character after that just never right just no nobody really got back on board with it and he's had like ten thousand character changes <laughs> since then i mean exactly. guys and that's and that's the thing uh before i send it back to you brian it's just like how many character changes are we going to do with baron corbin until we realize mm-hmm. you know nothing's working with this guy i mean listen i like listen i res- i respect the dude as a person I- i'm sure he's a great dude he's a good athlete you know he played he mm-hmm. was i'm pretty sure he played nfl football and he's a collegiate wrestler or something i think he has also as a wrestling background or mm-hmm. no I'm sorry, he has like a box i think he's a boxing background like he's a gold glove yeah yeah you're background right or yep. something like that so yep. i respect him in that aspect but obviously as guys as a professional wrestler it's not working for him i mean how many changes do we need to have like he was a lone wolf he was broke ass baron corbin he was happy corbin he was constable corbin <laughs> Freaking King Corbin, shove my finger down my ass, Corbin. Like, what? What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> right. Freaking, well, what else? The King Corbin. Like, how many Corbins does this guy need to go through until we realize this is just not working? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, and we're gonna go through this again. Like, I mean, what? I mean, what? What do you do with Baron Corbin at this point now? And mm-hmm. that's just that's just where I'm at now, Brian. At this point, because yeah, exactly. I don't think anything at this point. I mean, it, it's clear as day. Not even JBL can can save this dude and, and it's a shame because listen either in in this company in this business either you have it or you don't and you know it, it, you know it pains me to say this but you know well, i'm sure nobody i'm sure everybody can agree because baron corbin is just just not it there's just something about it that he's just not clicking with with anybody mm-hmm. i thought the broke ass corbin gimmick was probably his best work of his career if you really <laughs> think about it uh people who who've seen that gimmick uh understand what i'm talking about but yeah, man. I mean, uh, I mean, again, I'll send it back over to you, Brian. I mean, your thoughts about what I mean, what do you think that they should do with Corbin? Should they send him to NXT? Should they just freaking release him? Like, I don't know, man. Like, what, what are your thoughts, man? Like I said, I, I mean, I wouldn't release him because um, I, I think, you know, yeah. whether the I, I think there is something there and I think he can go in the ring. Yeah, so I, release, you know, I, I, yeah, I think releasing is like the wrong word. That's like you because that would be too easy. It's just to release him. Like I said, right. I, I even said it last. Maybe week. go back to NXT. I, I said it. I, I said it last week, that. dude. Like, just give him a freaking raise. Like, you know, it's like you don't have to fire him. But like, but at but at this point, you're like, like what else? We've thrown every single type of character for this dude, and something's just not working. And I, and I don't know if NXT, like you said, is the answer, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just I don't feel know. like they're kind of or they have been, um, and I don't know if they continue, I almost want to say like a like a poor man's Dolph Ziggler, you know, not not having the title runs or re- really being in the title picture, but he's going to, um, he's going to be the guy that they feed or part, you know, one of the guys they feed to the next up and coming star, you know, to to get him the ring work, the in, the seasoning in the ring and stuff like that. Which, if that turns out to be his role or his contribution, you know, I, I guess, okay, you know, golf clap. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not invested in his, I, like I said, I haven't been invested in his character since the Lone Wolf character. Um, 
that probably has something <laughs> to do with me personally. I, I'm more, I, I can identify with that <laughs> personally. So maybe that's why I liked it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, in all honesty, if, cause you know, I'm sure we'll get into the backstage segment here. If this is him and JBL splitting, um, I'm okay with that too. Cause I'm, I, I wasn't, you know, the modern day wrestling God, give me a break. I I didn't like it from the beginning. Um, so I don't know. We'll see where we go there. And then with Loomis, again, when he, you know, kind of just started showing up in the crowd and attacking Miz, I was like, holy shit, like, who the hell is this guy? You know, I was really intrigued. And since then, it's just been straight down. And, you know, you'll see him, like, it seems like once every few weeks or something, you'll see him, and there's just not any consistency to it. Um so yeah, I, and again, um, I think he has a uh, he has a unique thing about him. I, I can't really put my my finger on it um, or know how to I explain it. Stranger Things, like the like the show, uh, yeah, Stranger, right. Like a character in Stranger Things. That's why I liked about in NXT. Like I get, I got that same type of vibe. I don't mm-hmm. watch Stranger Things, but I've seen like clips and stuff of Stranger Things. It reminds me of a character that way, and that's the thing. Like. Like like you mentioned, like they, they did so well with him to start, especially yeah, with really, really with well. Miz, and then everything just went freaking haywire. And it's just like, okay, what are we doing here now? And now the whole thing with you know putting Gargano in there, and then yeah, they've been t- it just again, it's just um it's one of those I wouldn't even call it mid-card stories. It's just it, they're they're there just uh to have a match to fill up time. It's filler. It's yeah. nothing but filler. They they right. they just like all right, let's just throw you into this match and then that's that's it. Like, because yeah. we need to fill up a show here. You know that that's right. the thing. You know, it's a shame. Man. But I, I, yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, I both of them really. Um, I I'd like to see them. You know, them have something for them and and see where they could go with it. But I just don't see it right now in in either one of them. No, and it's so. unfortunate because, like, like I said, I mentioned this on Twitter too. Like, you've seen their work in NXT and just mm-hmm. how brilliant they were. And now you go over the main roster, it's like two completely different characters, two completely different people. And it's, yeah. It's a shame, man. It, it really is, man. So who knows what... And that's uh, another what... thing. I don't know why WWE does that. They've done it to countless people. Like, you know, these these people who have made themselves and made a character and and, and drawn money and, and, and uh, you know, carried a storyline over an NXT and then they bring them up to the main roster and they like change their name and change it. Like, why would you do that? It's because Vince does not want anyone bigger than the company. He does not want to build a star that's eventually going to become bigger than the company. Larger than life characters is what I like to reference. Mm -hmm. Vince does not like that. He just doesn't outside of his handpicked people like Charlotte Flair and Roman Reigns, you know, he, I, he, doesn't, I could, he doesn't like it. Yeah, you know? and I can see that even back with uh, you know, when um, you know, the whole the Monday Night Wars and when Vince, you know, wound up buying WCW or whatnot. Uh, yeah, he he definitely has all has always been like if if you have it, and he's even done it with Triple H with the NXT brand, right? Where it was kind of Triple H's thing and. And these wrestlers and Triple H kind of created that black and gold and made these stars. And he did it with the WCW wrestlers that were, you know, these guys were main event players, right? And you come over to WWE and because 
Vince didn't make them or they weren't a WWE guy. He just buries them. And it's, you want to talk about what's, what's good for business. You know, I mean, you know, there were uh, again with the WCW thing. I mean, there was a whole contract, you know, over at WCW, they were getting guaranteed money over there and WWE wasn't going to pay them that money. So a lot of the, the main uh, main players just stayed home for the the remainder of the contract, which I mean, I guess why not? But the one, even the ones that did come over, I mean, Booker T was a he was a he's a champion, right? And he comes over here, and I, I believe it was his first appearance where The Rock just buried him. And why? I mean, he could have had many feuds, you know, at the top of the card, and. Yeah, just because he wasn't a WWE guy. And that's exactly. it. That's Vince McMahon in a nutshell. Yep. <laughs> people, again, you know, if they watch NXT, if they watch people who have debuted on the main roster, they know where I'm mm -hmm. coming from. So, all right, guys, we move on into the second hour. This was Brock <clears throat> Lesnar as he hits the ring. Um, cowboy hat and all being the cowboy Brock that he is from freaking, right. uh, you know, from this. Excuse me, freaking botching my uh, botching my own <laughs> words here. But yeah, Brock Lesnar hits the ring. Um, yeah, he recaps the Rumble match uh, by eliminating. Uh, talks about eliminating Bobby Lashley. You know, he says, "Listen, he's like you finally struck a chord in Brock Lesnar." He's and he keeps and he goes on about. He's like, "All I could think about is hurting Bobby Lashley. When I go ice fishing, I think of Bobby Lashley. When I go hunting, I think of Bobby Lashley. When I'm in bed with my wife, and he pauses for a second after four to six hours." <laughs> I'm thinking about Bobby Lashley. Right. <laughs> I thought that was freaking funny. That got a pop out of me. So. Yeah, yeah, it freaking was. Brock, Brock Lesnar knows when to be funny. Mm -hmm. I, I listen. He's not the he's not the greatest on the microphone. That's why Paul Heyman has always been by his side for so many years. Right. But every now and then, Brock Lesnar knows like he he knows when to be funny. I mean, he's proven that with his his shticks at times with uh with Kurt Angle when him mm -hmm. and Kurt Angle were together. I still remember those days. So Brock Lesnar, he reminds you, man, he can. He can be funny and he can be entertaining sure. when he wants to be. Yep. But yeah, man, he just, you know, he, he and he ends up calling out uh he ends up calling out uh Bobby Lashley. He bring, takes out a a contract that was in his his jean jacket, you know, Southern Brock Lesnar, Cowboy Brock Lesnar. Takes out a contract about a match between him and Lashley at the Elimination Chamber. Um so Lashley's music hits, he hits the ring and they pretty much kind of reflect on their last few matches like so listen listen dude, like we you know He's like, I beat you. I forgot what the lat the first pay per view was, Brian. It was, um, I want to say it was, yeah. oh, the was the Royal Rumble, yeah, the Royal Rumble, I think, because I know last Crown year? Jewel, Crown Jewel was the last one, was when Brock right. Lesnar won via freaking roll, the roll, the roll up finish. Oh my God, Brock Lesnar and a roll up finish. Two yeah. monsters, yeah. right? Two powerhouses. Two monsters, two behemoths roll just rolling up, up each other. Yeah, guys, that, that freaking <laughs> happened. So yeah, the, yeah, I think. Uh, Bobby beats, um, uh, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby beats uh, Lesnar the mm -hmm. first time, right? And then they, Lesnar beat him. He's like, but I beat you with the inch of your life to the point where you were pretty much unconscious or pretty much going into unconsciousness, and then I eliminated you from the Rumble. So he's pretty much saying to him, like, dude, like, and now you want a freaking match with with me now? Like, you know, and and it's funny, like. And he keeps calling, he keeps referencing Bobby as Bobby who, 
Like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was telling to the crowd, like, Bobby, who? Like, you know, like any, you could tell that's getting under Lesnar, or excuse me, Lesnar, uh, Bobby Lashley's skin a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's like, listen, he's like, I'll set this up with, uh, with my, um, with my, uh, with my manager. I'll get, you know, people talking. We'll look over this contract and maybe I'll give you this match. And again, you know, Brock continues to, you know, tick off Bobby with Bobby Pooh and stuff like that. And he's like, and Bobby, and Bobby was just like, listen, how does, how do you feel that Bobby who got has been one upping on you? And he kind of literally like just pokes his freaking head, like freaking touches him. And Bobby and Lesnar's like, all right, enough of this crap. And he freaking just picks him up and he just freaking F fives this, this freaking dude out of the out of the state of Florida. It was just freaking insane. And then the crowd <laughs> chants one more time. And Brock delivers another freaking F5 to Bobby Lashley. And then we cut off and we end this freaking segment. So Look, man, I'll I'll start this off. Um, look, I like Les. I've always stated that I like Lesnar a lot. I think he brings a lot of realism to his promos, to his wrestling matches. I think Brock Lesnar um, has a place for the business, even with or without a title. To me, at this point, it should be without a title because he doesn't freaking need absolutely money. not a full timer. Just put him in cool feuds that we care about and that we give a shit about. Right here is, and obviously, look the reference with Sable, like. You know, uh, oh, after three to after four to six hours, then I'm thinking about Bobby Lashley. Again, right. I got to pop out of me. There's memes all over the place already about that. Memes all over the place. It's, you name it, man. You know, Brock yeah. Lesnar is almost like the king of memes when it comes to professional wrestling at this point. <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing that I have here, Brian, is that the crowd is chanting one more time to deliver a F5 to Bobby Lashley. Isn't Bobby Lashley still supposed to be a baby face here? Is he not? Because isn't that right. kind of tarnishing his character? This guy is supposed to be a beloved baby face. And here's the crowd, because here's the thing. I, part of me feels like that that second F5 was not planned. You know, I think like Brock Lesnar, like he kind of like just goes with the flow of the crowd. I think that that's what makes Brock Lesnar so special. Sure. And I, to me, that F5 was not, that second F5 was not planned. And that mm-hmm. and, and just kind of just happened. But like, Again, Bobby Lashley, he's he's technically not really a heel. Right. He's still partially a baby face. So and the crowd is chanting one more time to deliver, yeah, like F5 this dude a second time. Like, but he's supposed to be a baby face. So what what does this what does this state or make how does this make Bobby Lashley look? You know what right. I mean? So that's where I'm like, okay, yeah. what like what is this doing for him? Like you're they're hyping up the hurt business again. Again, and they're and they're re like, and I and I'm gonna get to my hurt business takes in a second <laughs> yep. as we get into the show, but yeah, he f fives Les uh, Lashley for a second time because of the crowd chant. It's like you know, isn't that a chant that you want on a heel that you can't that you despise, right? right? Like if it was Austin Theory, like okay, that would you know he's the heel. Like you know, people just don't like him. They boo him because mm-hmm. of his looks and like you know sometimes he can be annoying and some people just don't just want to see this dude get punched in the freaking face right right but you have bobby lashley who is supposed to be a face he's not a heel Uh, i don't know if he's an in-betweener like seth rollins is but like to me this was just odd because it really kind of tarnished bobby lashley and his reputation to me brian and his to me his momentum because he kind of looked like a freaking clown here Mm -hmm. if i'm being honest with you um 
that that's just again Brock Lesnar. Listen, I liked his his comedic stuff in in his promo. Um, you know, I understand people like Cowboy Brock, even though I still personally like heel Brock Lesnar and his whole shtick with Heyman and stuff like that. But if people mm-hmm. like Cowboy Brock, I understand. That's fine. That's the eye of the beholder. But this whole thing with Lashley, man, it's just I don't get it. I, I don't right. understand how mm-hmm. this makes Bobby Lashley look good, especially if you're trying to hype up a match um, at the Elimination Chamber and the fact that you're trying to get the Hurt Business back together. Right. It's just really odd, and you're delivering two F5s to Lashley when the crowd is demanding for a second one. just doesn't make him look good when he's not even supposed to be a heel. That's my take on this, man. Um, was the segment you know, bad? I'm not going to say it was bad, but was it great or good? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it was decent. It was a decent segment. It's always yeah, good to agreed. see Brock, um, especially, you know, hopefully... I, I like the fact, honestly, too, Brian, before I send this off to you, I mentioned this before we got on the air, I like the fact that we're kind of just jumping into this match right now. And because of that, like, why do we need to see this build for another month or two? Mm-hmm. Like, why right. do we need to see it at WrestleMania? When we've already seen it two to three freaking times. It doesn't yep. make any freaking sense. Get this match done out the way now. You know, at least make Elimination Chamber feel somewhat special, not just like a freaking, you know, like a freaking joke of a pay-per-view, right? And, you mm-hmm. know, fill up the card, make it feel special, you know. But now when it comes to WrestleMania, put these two away from each other. Like just put them, just put them away. Exactly. Like we, we've seen everything we've needed. We've needed to see over the pretty much the last year or two between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. You know, we always talked about, Ooh, Brock and Bobby Lashley. I can't wait to see them collide heads. And now I'm at the point where like, okay, I don't need to see anything between these two anymore. Can this please be done? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, man, that's just where I am coming from. I don't again. I don't like the way Bobby Lashley was done in this segment. It just doesn't look the the second F five. The crowd chanting to get him get F five. It just did not look good. The fact that he's still a baby face. It's just just odd to me, man. But uh, Brian, I'm gonna send it off to you, man. Your thoughts before we move on into the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was an okay segment. Not not great or not uh, not not necessarily horrible. Um, but yeah, with that, like, since Lesnar's come back with a kind of like cowboyish gimmick, um, you know, he's been booked as a face as well, you know. So, and I, I think with the WWE crowd, as long if you're gonna put Lashley and and Lesnar in a match together, and and you keep this version of Lesnar as the kind of the the cowboyish guy, um. I don't think there's any hope for Lashley as a as a face because I, I think the crowd's just going to gravitate to Lesnar. Um, so yeah, I, I'm ready for this kind of feud to be over. So you know, hopefully they have this match at the chamber and and then they're done with it. Um, and I feel like that with the whole you know Austin Theory, Lesnar, Lashley, and Rollins, right? With the exception of Theory. You got Rollins, Lesnar, and Lashley, who for the past few months have all three of them have kind of been that in between ish, you know, fe- uh, heel face. You know, what are they? Um, so yeah, you you really need for all three of those guys, you need a clear direction of where they're going. Um, you know, I, I don't know where where that goes with Lesnar, but for Lashley. Um, you know, if it's something with the, I don't want to see him back in the herb. I, I don't want to just the same three guys just reforming the herb business. So if there's some kind of feud there, 
with uh, where like okay, if you want to make Lesnar or Lashley a face, have MVP and the Hurt Business now kind of reforming, and they're the heels, and Lashley is the face. Uh, so I mean, there could be something there, but yeah, with this match, of course, it's I mean, they're gonna you know just brutalize each other because that's what they do, and. You know, hopefully they move on after the chamber. That's, that's all yeah, my that's, thoughts. That's there. all you're gonna see. You're just gonna see just a bunch of power moves. You're gonna see a barricade exactly. spot. You're gonna see an F five. You're gonna see suplex city bitches. You're gonna see spears. just a bunch of sh- spears. Yep. Exactly. Yep. There's nothing else we need to see now from Lashley and Lesnar. There's yeah. just not. Um, and if that upsets you guys, then well, you know, you can go to another podcaster. You can go to another YouTuber <laughs> that's just gonna suck the living you know what out of this company. We do or not just do go here. watch the previous three matches. Watch the pre- exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or just watch the previous three matches, and you've seen everything you need to say. So. Yeah. All right, guys. We move on to the next match. This was a fatal four-way qualifying match for the uh, the Raw Women's Championship, the Elimination Chamber match. This was Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Piper Niven, aka Dewdrop. <laughs> Thank God that freaking name is freaking done. Thank God. And um, and Carmella. And Carmella was in this match. So uh, Larray in this match, I got to call this out, delivered a really nice moonsault in this match, man. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, really, really nice. Delivered a beautiful moonsault. Um, you know, I was going to say something about Charlotte Flair, but I'm going to be nice. I'm not even going to talk about her. This is Monday Night Raw, not SmackDown. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Piper, so the match ends. Uh, Niven hits, it looks like she hits a cannonball onto Larray. Um you know, Carmella was was in the fray as well. She gets out of harm's way. She delivers a super kick to Niven, and then she pins LeRae for the W. Um, so Carmella is now in this elimination chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, look, I, don't like her I actually, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. I actually think Carmella has improved a lot. I actually do. Sure. I've actually been enjoying even when like when she when she came back and she returned into like a new uh, a new type of character or whatever. Now she's going back to like the Staten Island type of character, mm-hmm. the moonwalking, trash talking, you know what. Um right. Corey Graves is actually funny on commentary. I actually like listening to Corey Graves. For some reason, people shit on Corey Graves. I don't know why. I guess this wrestling. This wrestling community is just fucking weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, Carmella winning. Listen, I actually I don't mind it. I'm not gonna sit here and and, and be like, oh, why is she winning this match? No, I actually listen, I don't mind it because I actually think Carmella has improved over the years from what I've seen uh very well. I, I really mm-hmm. have. Like I'm no, I'm just again being honest from what I've seen when she first started up until now. I think she's made tremendous improvements, man. Sure. Um, does she need to be competing for a freaking title right now? Probably not. But again, do we really think that she's going to win this thing anyway? Probably not. So, um, look, I understand, you know, and this and this is like this is what I mean, though, guys, about qualifying matches. They don't do anything for anybody. What is this doing for Piper Niven that she just, you know, she returns back to her original name? What does this do for her? What does this do for Mia Yim and Candice LeRae, who's who is who have been nothing but afterthoughts and mm-hmm. just irrelevant on these shows for ever since they pretty much debuted? Um, right. I mean, it's just you know, it, it's just it's again, it's just ridiculous, man. You can be taking out these qualifying matches. It's like you know, but yet you know, it's but 
But here's the thing, though, Brian, like Asuka, Raquel, and uh, who, who else? Nikki Cross, they're all in it because they were the and final live. four members of the of the of the the Royal Rumble. Like, but yet these women have to qualify. Like, yeah, what the fuck? It makes that's There's what I mean. No it's like you got to qualify. It. You got to qualify for a chamber. You got to qualify for a for a Rumble match. You got to qualify to be a number one contender. You got to qualify to to get in a to get an appointment at the local barber uh, barber shop. You got to you know. You got to qualify to get a freaking uh, a reservation at a local freaking Olive Garden. Like what? Like what the fuck, man? It's just <laughs> ridiculous. That's these qualifying matches and these tournaments. They need to freaking stop. And that's what I'm going to say. Brian, the floor is yours. Yeah, I yeah wasn't impressed with this match too much. And I agree with the the whole qualify. You know, some people got to qualify. Some don't. Um, if it was me, like I, I would have preferred to see either Piper or Mia Yim win the match. Um, I'd rather see either one of those two in the elimination chamber. Um, I I really am a fan of Mia Yim, and I, I you know, especially since AJ went down with the injury and the OC kind of has disbanded. Yeah, she's just been an afterthought. Um, you know, Carmella just returning and getting this win and going on to the chamber. I mean, I, I see where you're going there. I just, for my money, I would have rather seen Piper Niven or Mia Yim win the match. Um, again, I don't think Carmella's winning at the chamber. So I guess no harm, no foul. But, you know, if you're going to make this whole big deal about Piper Niven, you know, her changing her name and coming back as Piper Niven, well, then do something with her. Don't just have her go in there and job out to people, you know? Um, again, and this, well, I'll save this for the end once we get to the main event. But um, I, got, I got some thoughts with, you know, some current talent that's already there and, and been putting in work that, oh, I just think you could you could invest more in them and be build their character and their storylines. And it just doesn't seem that they're willing to do that for whatever reason. So Carmella gets the win. She moves on. Good for her. Um, where the other three are left, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows, man? All right, guys. Next segment. This was JBL. He is officially done with Baron <laughs> Corbin. He's like, listen, man, they, he's like, listen, he's like, we're going out. Like we're going out to eat. What are we doing? Baron Corbin says, and he's like, no, there, there ain't no we bro. Like what, what do you mean, dude? There ain't no we, my championship career has lost all credibility because of you. He's like, you hear the, he's like, he's like, you are, he's like, you are chump changing television. He's like, every time he's like, you hear, you hear the crowd when you come out to your, to, to your matches, yeah. that's crickets. That's also the sound that everybody makes when they, whenever they see you on television, they're turning the channel. I'm like, God, I'm like, know, they, made really... a, they wrote a promo for this guy to say, right. I'm like, damn. And that's what I mean, man. Like the fact that WWE has to write this because they mm -hmm. literally know the fans. They there's no connection with Corbin. They know that Baron Corbin is just, He's just boring. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? It's it's just in the face. You know, he calls Baron Corbin a clown. He pretty much like, you know, and you know, Baron Corbin's like, listen, I can do better. Like, what can I do? I can do better. He's like, dude, like, we, you can't polish a turd. Like, I tried, <laughs> okay? And just freaking walks off. Like, JBL just destroys this motherfucker. Yeah, absolutely. In his face. And mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure a lot of fans who just do not like Baron Corbin 
were just loving and were loving every single word that was coming out of JBL's mouth. But yeah, man, um, I think we just, you know, we harped on this before, you know, I don't know what this, where you go now with, with Corbin. I, I don't know what you do with him. Do you send him over to NXT again? Um, I don't know. But, and, and what do you do with JBL? Does JBL just go back to retirement? Um, I mm-hmm. mean, I would love to see JBL have something involvement with WrestleMania. I'm not saying you put him in a match, but I don't know why, Brian, but this came into my mind, and, uh, and I'll send this off to you before we move into our next match here. He doesn't need it, but it would be really cool to see these two together, and that's JBL with LA Knight. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. You see, I was like, mm. the wheels are starting to spin. It's like LA Knight, JBL. I know LA Knight doesn't need it. I, I completely see, Yeah, because he doesn't really need the mouthpiece, you know, because yeah. I think I, I would but prefer LA Knight. Just of them but... together, because I'm thinking, like, if you're going to have JBL with somebody, I'm thinking, like, well, who? You know, and uh, and thinking LA Knight just rang a bell, just was one of the names. I'm like, oh, wow, that can be freaking good. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So Yeah, it would definitely be entertaining. Yeah, so uh, Les, so uh, Brian, your thoughts. I know we kind of mentioned this before, but uh, if you don't have any thoughts, man, then we can move on. But uh, if you do, man, your thoughts about this official split and where do you think this goes from here? Just one that I was kind of kind of uh, taken aback at the just the way and how much like even JBL was burying Corbin there, you know, like and as so, which you know maybe you're you're correct in what you're saying, right? That you know the boring the crickets turn the channel okay but then why would you wwe as a company have this guy's manager bury him like that or like where can even how can corbin even dig out of that that's you know, what i mean like well, what, legit wrote a script right for Aaron you know, corbin to call them a turd and that fans change the channel when he comes. Like, bro, how do you recover from that? Exactly. I feel, so I low key feel bad for Baron Corbin. I really right. truly do because I don't know where he goes from here. Exactly. So yeah, I, I was I thought that was kind of strange of why WWE would choose to do it in that way and to and to go just just I guess to be realistic in his ass, like you, dude, you suck. And like, I guess just to be realistic because that's what the maybe fans think of him. I guess I don't know. Yeah, but again, but then again, but then you're you're bearing your own talent, and yeah. for what? Right. You know. So Absolutely. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. What? Well, I guess we'll find out. We yeah. shall soon find out. All right, guys, into our fourth match. This was Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, interesting versus alpha academy this match was literally five minutes mvp is at ringside with cedric and shelton Mm -hmm. um benjamin wins via the or no sorry i'm sorry cement us shelton benjamin he did hit a samoan drop to otis in this match he literally otis delivers a nice samoan drop and cedric picks up the w via a backbreaker i believe that pinfall was on to chad gable uh in Mm -hmm. this match man so yeah so these two just go from complete jobbers to all of a sudden MVP is like the Paul Bearer, giving them super supernatural powers to now where they're just superstars and they're winning matches and they're beating the Alpha Academy. Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Freaking> <laughs> plus shout out to everybody who knows the Paul Bearer. Yeah. But yeah. Right. It's just like, again, and what is this leading to, guys? The Hurt Business again? Like, do, do we really think that the Hurt Business is going to be any more special than they were the first time? Do we have any 
faith that they're going to, you know, do the hurt business right. Because all Cedric and Shelton are going to be guys are just lackeys to Bobby Lashley. That's all they're going to be. They're, mm-hmm. It's the same. It's going to be the same thing. They're not, they're just going to be a bunch of clowns and jobbers. They're going to be involved in a, to get their ass whooped in a storyline, whatever storyline Bobby Lashley's in. It's the same thing. And this is mm-hmm. what resulted in the breakup in the first place for some freaking odd reason. And, and that, right. this is what I mean, man. You know, I understand people want to be excited about the heart business. I understand, but you know, it's just, they don't deserve my benefit of the doubt because if it didn't work the first time, what makes me think that it's going to work now? And, and and they beat alpha Academy, dude. Like, can we have something for these two? I want to lay a bomb for, for people, right? Chad Gable. Right. We already know like with Otis, like dude, like that dude, like like there's this this dude was so freaking over at one point, man. And the mm-hmm. fact that you see this dude, like, you know, you hear the crowd when these dude when these dudes come out, you hear the crowd when Otis hits the freaking caterpillar, like it's freaking just so freaking cool and it's entertainment, right? And then you have Chad Gable. Here's another bomb I'm gonna hit for you guys. Chad Gable is legit one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Yeah. Le- legitimately guys mm-hmm. like i like i understand like like that's that's a fact like i know again i know i said this about priests and saying like oh james i wouldn't go that far that's fine you can you can think whatever you want i've seen enough and i've dissected enough to know that chad gable freaking has it i'm not talking about his in-ring performances i'm not talking about his cool move sets i'm talking about his character I'm talking about his mic skills i'm talking about how he can pull off such an amazing funny comedy segment and just mm-hmm. how entertaining they are. But both of them, Gable and Otis, bro. And yet all they do, Brian, all they have them do is job out to all of these other wrestlers that are involved in freaking storylines. <clears throat> Chad Gable lost to Seth Rollins. And now here they both are losing to freaking Cedric and Shelton, who were freaking at the bottom of Jobberville. And all of a sudden, MVP is the freaking is is the Paul Bearer to these fucking to these to these two guys to freaking become superstars and win matches in less than five minutes. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? Yeah. I, it just, it, I'm so baffled and it just doesn't make any sense. And I'm done harping on this, Brian, you go ahead, man, your thoughts. Well, I'll start with Gable. Yeah. It, you know, as long as McMahon is Vince is there in some capacity, you know, calling the shots, I guess. And I, I, I hate to say it, you know, for Gable's part, but, I think it's because of his, you know, because he's a, a short guy. Like he's never, and you know, Vince's like history. I mean, yes, Gable is is built and fit and athletic, but he's a smaller dude. And so, yeah, I don't see him ever being pushed in any real way as long as Vince is there. Um, and then with the hurt business, or I guess they haven't officially been called the hurt business yet. They're just calling them Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. See, I if they get them back together, I don't think it's Bobby Lashley. Um, I I I got my eye on on something here. Like, is it Omos? Uh, no, I I think. Um, gosh, I'm having a brain fart now. Uh, Montez Ford. Um, I don't know when or how, and maybe at the elimination chamber. Um, cause I'll, I'll say something here once we get into this match, but yeah, I don't think it's going to go back with Lashley, um, and those three together. I think it's going to be somebody else. Um, so that could be interesting, but mm. as it stands right now, 
yeah, like we we've already seen this, and again, gosh, you could go back fifteen years. Um, why Shelton Benjamin has never been pushed to any significant degree? Um, you know, as far as in ring work, he's got all the ability in the world. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I've really seen or, or they've really given him enough for you really for me to even comment all that much on his like promo or storytelling skills, because I don't think he's really. Um, I mean, he did. I don't even I can't even remember again. This is a time where I wasn't really following. Did he have like a, a somewhat of a significant feud with Shawn Michaels or was it more just like a, a one-off match or, or something like that? I just remember that back in the day where, you know, we talk about HBK as being arguably the best in-ring performer ever. And Shelton can hang with him, like no doubt. Um, yeah, I remember a match. I remember a match they had like years ago on Raw. I think it's yeah, what you're talking about. I think it exactly. was that famous super kick where he went, he yeah bounced up off the top rope and Shawn michaels super kicked him in midair yeah he had sweet chin music in midair i still i still remember that match by the way to this day yeah yeah it was a hell of a match um and that's what i said I, I don't even remember if it was a feud necessarily rather than just a match um but yeah why they've never you know pushed benjamin who knows um but yeah, I, I just I, I don't think it's if if the hurt business got, does get back together, I don't think it's going to be in the same iteration as it was previously. And I got my eye on Montez Ford here for I don't know why I just got a funny feeling. Um, but yeah, this match is again it's it's kind of yeah jobbing out you know and where does Alpha Academy go from here? I don't know. They'll lose next week to. Whoever, I don't know. Uh Priest and Balor or something. It's funny you mentioned that. Like the fact that you just said Montez Ford, that just got my wheel spinning because I never even thought about that. And see, this is why I have Brian, guys. Whenever I think <laughs> I have all the answers here, Brian hit lays a bomb on me. And I'm like, oh snap. I never <laughs> even thought about that. This is why I have him here. So but yeah, man, like I said, we'll get into Montez. But they're almost might almost might be in there too, with some, you know. I just I I, I think you know, you go back, this is probably three weeks, maybe, you know, maybe even a month ago when they had, um, you know, it was a street profits against, I think, Alexander and, and Benjamin and MVP had talked to Lashley earlier in the night. And then MVP came out during this match. Um, so I don't know. I, I think maybe that was just planting a little seed there a few, few weeks ago, a month ago or so, but uh, we'll see. We shall soon find out, man. We shall soon find out. Like I said, I'll get into Montez Ford when we get into his match because mm -hmm. it's funny you mentioned that, but I'll save that to when we get into his his uh, qualifying match with Elias, which is later in the third hour. So, all right, guys, we go into the next segment. This was a backstage segment with The Miz um, talking about Rick Boogs and his $10,000 suit that his wife, that he ruined, that his wife bought him. Like, you know, quote-unquote, his wife bought him. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Boogs kind of that you know he's talking crap or no i'm sorry miz was talking crap about pierce about like you know the fact that he you know you made me he made me wrestle in a suit it was unfair blah 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 and adam pierce interrupts and they kind of set up a match between uh him and boogs uh for next week and boogs is like he's on like some like, extracurricular activity or some shit and he's like i'm booging out man 
I okay, actually, at first I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I actually did like Boogs and Nakamura together at one point. I actually thought that uh, there was something about that tandem that was right that was interesting. Uh, but Boogs, like, I don't know. I think there's something I think with there's something there with Boogs. I just right now it's just like. I don't know if he's a he's just a guitar player or this guitar player <laughs> on some extracurricular activity or some shit. Like I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah, they set up a match between him and uh, him and the Miz, and Miz's face just says it all. Like you have me in a match with he's like he's got like this face, like you have me in a match with this dude. So I mean, I could take it or leave it with this segment. Um, I I really don't have much to say really because there's not really much to really talk about here. Again, the Miz is funny. He knows when to be funny. Knows when to be serious. And mm-hmm. Boogs, I still need to see more with Boogs until I'm fully on board with him. But uh, Brian, your thoughts if you have any on this segment? Yeah, Rick Boogs. Uh, yes, yeah, so right now I'm not. I don't care. Uh, you know about him all that much. I think it's just kind of yeah. He had that little. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, but it's some kind of like workout or you know like forearm you know thing. He's he's using yeah. Um, that was kind of silly. And then one thing I, I did, and I think I heard or saw this on the internet, but it, I, I had the, the thought as well. He, he called his fans something or, or people that like him something. I can't remember what he, he, Rick Boogs called them, but just to, for like a funny kind of shtick, if he's going to call his fan base anything, why not call them the Boogers, like Boogers? right (laughs) so because he's kind of like a a comedy character and like like yeah you said like the the whole you know musician guitar player wrestler thing is just kind of it's not working for me um so yeah until for me to get invested in him i I, there's something needs to change about his gimmick because yeah the whole guitar playing thing i yeah, and he's not even coming out with the guitar anymore, you know, now, so, whatever, oh, it's, who yeah. Knows, man. Who really knows? All right, guys, moving on to the next segment. Well, Chelsea Green, during that segment, again, interrupts, and he's like, listen, uh, you better find me an opponent, or I'm going to find your manager, and shit's going to hit the fan for you. She didn't say that, but in, in pretty right. much in those terms. So, next match was Chelsea Green versus a hand-picked opponent for Adam Pierce, and that opponent was Asuka. Mm-hmm. Asuka was that opponent. She wins this match in under three minutes. Uh, Raquel, Liv, Nikki Cross, Natalia, and Carmella were all at ringside, I guess, just because... Yeah, everybody in the chamber, the chamber. yeah. Uh, Chelsea's talking shit to all of them, you know, saying, like, you know, I should be in the chamber, talking mad shit to everybody at ringside. And yeah, like Asuka makes pretty much quick work of Chelsea Green and wins this match uh, in under three minutes, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and then Bianca Belair hits the hits the stage. She pretty much just wishes everybody good luck uh, in the in the chamber match. And um, you know she's like, hey, you know I see top tier women in this in in WWE is what I'm looking at right now, and blah blah blah. Um, you know, saying, listen, I wish everybody luck in the chamber uh, because you know. And kind of sends a message saying, like, you know, you know, you're gonna face the EST and blah blah blah. You know, Bianca doing his shtick, you know, or doing mm-hmm. her shtick, excuse me. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much uh pretty much it. Now look, he- here's the thing I have, 
guys, is the fact they've already dropped the ball with Bianca and Rhea because that match was sitting in their lap. I mean, guys, you can bark at me. You can say that I'm wrong. You can say that Rhea and Charlotte is the match. Like, I, mm -hmm. like it, it's clear as day, like, the way that Bianca is built. Because here's the thing, guys, and I mentioned this last week. Rhea is a diabolical heel with the Judgment Day right now. Bianca mm -hmm. is the ultimate babyface, right? You have someone like Charlotte Flair, who I've said many occasions is not fully over with the crowd. They're going. She's going to get pretty much closely the boot or 50-50 reaction by right. the time we get into Mania. And that's just going to make Rhea look like the face. That's not good on her part, guys. That's pretty much ruining her character. She's exactly. supposed to be this diabolical heel, but now she's going to look like the face because fans just are not with Charlotte. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's what I mean, man. You could have had, but again, we have to get Charlotte Flair, her fucking main event match, and we leave Bianca Belair with this freaking circus involving this Elimination Chamber match. And honestly, Brian, at this point, if you're going to put her with anybody, at this point, it has to be Asuka. Has to be. It just has to be yep. because I understand. Well, James, she just came back. Like, well, what other choice do you have? Mm -hmm. And not only that, you hear the reaction she got from the rumble and how yep. the pop she got the momentum. Now she has like, she, by the way, she looks so freaking badass in this new look. Yeah, I she freaking does. love it. It's Me just too. so, so good. Strike while the iron is hot. Give mm -hmm. this woman what she's been deserved for. For the past, how long she's been been in WWE now? I want to say for at least about five about five years or so. Yeah, like give this woman a freaking main event freaking match. Like give her yep. something, bro. I'm not now. Now it's going to be interesting because with Bianca Belair's title reign. Now I understand her reign is iffy. I completely get it. Um, you know, and I like Bianca Belair, and that's hard for me to say, but I have to call it like it is. But with Oscar, man, if if listen, you've you've already effed up. Bianca and Rhea. It was sitting in your lap. You F that up. The least you yep. can do now is give me Bianca versus Asuka because who else are you going to put in there? Raquel? Give me a break. Stop. What else? Yeah. Freaking uh, Carmella. I mean, listen, I, I said earlier, I think she's doing, uh, I think she's improved a lot, but you're going to put her in a title match? Like, come on. We've already seen Bianca and Carmella have already 10,000 times in the past two years. So, no, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not on board with that either. Nikki Cross, I mean, I like Nikki, but I don't think she's she's hardly been built to do anything. Um, oh, you know, I will since. say something about her real quick. Go yeah, ahead, yeah, go I'll, ahead, and finish. I'm yeah. gonna get to, yeah, and then and then what else? Freaking uh, who who? And then Liv Morgan. I mean, baby face versus baby. You, you can't you can't do that either. Um, right. So yeah, I, I mean, Asuka. Asuka's your your only freaking option. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honest to God, I mean, with the the character. Versus somebody like Bianca Belair. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, unless they, you know, because I don't know what Alexa Bliss is doing. Like what, like what's going on too with Alexa Bliss? We've haven't seen Alexa Bliss in weeks. So is she going to be tied into this as well? I, I don't know. But this whole, this whole situation, Brian, to me is a mess because they could have just, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the easiest option or, you know, was, was Rhea and Bianca. It was, right. it was sitting there. But instead, you know, they put Rhea versus Charlotte because why? They had a freaking match two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. Brian, your thoughts, man. Yeah, I mean, as far as the match goes, it was what it was. Um, 
I completely agree with you. With with the with these six women in this chamber match, it's got to be Oscar coming out of there. Um, you know, now me personally, again, I, I would have rather at Mania, I would have rather have seen uh, Bianca and Rhea go at it, um, and then leaving Charlotte. I, I think sh- with the six women that are currently involved in this chamber match, I think there's a few more options you could have gone with and having some of these women face Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, at this point, I I think they've kind of, I don't know, I guess booked themselves into a corner where it's got to be Asuka coming out of Elimination Chamber going on to Mania. And if that happens, I, yeah, I think, I think Asuka's going to take the belt off of uh, Bel Air at Mania. Um, Whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, I guess remains to be seen, but uh, yeah, I like this new kind of character switch with Asuka, um, the different face paint, the different mask, you know, coming out to the ring. I like it a lot. Um, you know, fans are behind her. Like you said, you gotta, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. So yeah, this is going to be Asuka's match to win. Um, I will say with Nikki Cross, um, I don't know, there was a, a backstage segment, I think it was last night, or maybe it was on SmackDown last week. Um, you know, Nikki Cross paired with Loomis might be something to explore there. Just kind of, they're off-the-wall, crazy, psychotic personalities, kind of, you know, because... Uh, I mean, I don't see Nikki Cross being in a you know in the title picture legitimately right now, and obviously you have nothing with going on with Loomis. So I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe. Do you know? Do you did you see that segment where like Nikki Cross was kind of like hiding behind like a, yeah, a stack there, of like it was thing. Loomis, Gargano, and Candice, and like yeah. Uh, like- Loomis does his drawing because he doesn't talk. His character doesn't talk. <laughs> right. And the picture was Nikki hiding in the somewhere in the corner. It was a picture of I think it was Candace and Gargano. And it's like, wait a minute, who's this? And then they turn around. It's Nikki Cross. It's like, like looking from a corner or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know. That just like because I mean just just to give them in something something different, some type of storyline, maybe. you I, I put them guess. two together and see where that can go. Um, yes, man. I don't know. But yeah, as far as the chamber goes, yeah, this is it's got to be Oscar's match to win here, for sure. More lips to God's ears, my friend. That's all <laughs> right? I to say. All right, guys, we finally approached the third hour, and it starts with Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare Man. This, to me, was, and I can, I think I can, you know, speak for a lot of people, probably the best segment of the Ooh. night. Um, and, and I'll, and this is long. So after the segment, I'll get to you, Brian, I'm going to have you explain your thoughts first. So Cody Rhodes, he hits the ring. His music hits Cody chants, loud Cody chants echo, uh, in the arena. Um, you know, he referenced Roman Reigns as the best in the world. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. he mentioned that too, in an interview somewhere as well. Sammy, Sammy Zane, or just Sammy chants also echo in uh, around the arena. Um, you know, he wishes Sammy the best of luck against Roman. You know, he talks about, you know, we could get Sammy, you know, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy. You know, he kind of hypes up that type of uh, um, chances of that happening maybe at at, uh, at Mania. Paul Heyman uh, interrupts. Paul Heyman interrupts doing his shtick. Um, he's like, listen, on behalf of me and the Tribal Chief, we just want to congratulate you on winning the Royal Rumble, you know. And um, 
you know, he's like, and he, he goes to Heyman. He's like, you know, I know my, my dad and my brother had a nickname for you. So I'll just call you Mr. Heyman. Um, and he, and he thanks Paul Heyman for showing him the way or showing his family way. He tells a story about his family going broke back in the year of 2000 and, and the whole reference about Dusty Rhodes working at a car dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, just such a well done. This is what I love about Cody, his storytelling, like his story. This is what I mean about Cody Rhodes is on a different level when he used to be the storytelling right. in his freaking promos. I freaking love it, man. But yeah, man, uh, he references, you know, Dusty working at a car dealership back in 2000 when they had pretty much, pretty much no money. And he, he, ref, he said that, you know, Dusty got a call from Paul Heyman. It was you, Paul Heyman, to perform at ECW and, you know, and, and, and pay, you know, and get an extremely amount of good pay. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you ECW gave him the confidence back. And Paul Heyman is getting emotional, like mm-hmm. seriously emotional, like his like his heartstrings are really getting touched here. And he's like, yeah, man. he's like, he thanks Heyman for showing his family the way and giving his dad the confidence back. And Heyman's like, you're good. You're, you're, you're good, man. He's like still tearing up. He's getting emotional. Like you're good, man. He's like, listen, you know, he's like, but this isn't about me. This isn't about your dad. This is about you. You know, you're it's like, you're not just, you know, this is your main event. This is your match with Roman Reigns, the tribal mm-hmm. chief, the head of the table. You know, it's like, you know, you ain't, you're not just main eventing WrestleMania. You're ba- main eventing with, you know, the, well, uh, this is not quote unquote, just speaking hypothetically here, you know, pretty much the guy in professional wrestling, which is in right. Reigns or in WWE. And yeah, he mentions, and then Heyman also t- tells a story as well. He mentions the NXT Performance Center. No, they're alive in Orlando. So the NXT Performance Center was highly uh, referenced a lot in the show. Um, you know, about Dusty training people, including people like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and even Roman Reigns. Um, he says he yet, but yet he didn't train and prep you. And he points to Cody Rhodes, uh, uh, quote unquote, from Paul Heyman. So, yeah, he's like he trained all these people. You know, he built up all these people to become these great stars, but he never gave those training tips to you. Mm-hmm. Or he never gave the time to train you. And Cody Rhodes, like you could see in his face, his facial expressions tell it all. He's like, yeah, you're true. You're right. He never did. Um, but yeah, man, again, I'm just loving. I'm literally just hanging on every single word, Brian, because this is just this is just freaking flawless. It just really, really is, man. Um, and he said and he says to Cody, continues to say, like, listen, I can't say how much how much he he's like he i can't express enough i'm stuttering so much that's how much i love this freaking segment he says i can't i can't express how much i love your father and i know how much your father loved you you know and again just really getting you know it's like listen he's like if we're gonna pull the curtain we might we might as well pull the curtain all the way back right right you know what i'm saying so and he's and he's like listen you know and he and he's talks about the final statement he says you know what i remember the final conversation i ever had with your father and he says, you know, he says, Cody was always was his favorite son. You know, this was quote unquote, saying like, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, uh, words of Dusty Rhodes saying like, hey, Cody Rhodes, he was your favorite son. But Roman was the son he always wanted. And I, and that's when you heard the crowd like the oh, snap, did he really just say that? And Paul Heyman right. just drops the mic like he said everything he needed to say to get into Cody's head. And Cody immediately he gets so freaking pissed off, and he 
gets very aggressive with Heyman. He aggressively approaches him. He grabs him by the freaking tie or the collar. Um, he's like, and Paul Heyman's just like backing up, like, listen, I'm just a messenger. I'm just, I'm just sending the message here. Um, you know, Paul Heyman being freaking Paul Heyman. Yep. And he's like, and and Cody Rhodes is really getting freaking frustrated. He's like, dude, listen, I'm just trying to win. I'm just trying to win a title. I'm just trying to win a championship. But yet, for some reason, everybody in this company wants to get personal with me. And you know what? He's like, that's fine because you know, if you want to make it personal, well, then your boy Roman Reigns will pay for it. You know, he's going to pay for it at WrestleMania when I take his title from him personally and pushes him back, man. And that's the mm-hmm. end of the segment. Brian, you go ahead, man, because there's a lot I want to say. So go ahead, man. The yeah. Floor is yours. Take it away. It was the best part of the show for me, too. And you know why, people? Because they're, you know, obviously they are performing and acting to a certain degree. But also while doing that, they are telling real stories. You know, Dusty Rhodes is a legend in this business. Um, yes, Paul Heyman really did, you know, all those years ago kind of, you know, give him I get give him his confidence back, give him a second life in in wrestling to where he came and trained or or helped build all these stars that you're seeing today you know dusty had a hand in so many of them um one thing i did catch and i don't know if it was just a slip up or if it was meant because the the last thing that cody said was i'm going to take his titles plural and that caught me you know i was like wondering i was like ah so you know we we've all we've kind of been of the mindset that you know, Roman's going to have these, you know, one a match on one night, match on night two, and lose the, the titles to two individual people. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was a slip up or just, you know, caught in the moment and he said titles. But I, I just wondered about that. I was like, huh, you know, are they maybe not going to put a title on Sammy and Cody wins both titles, which I wouldn't be a fan of. Like, I, I, I think there needs to be, a Raw champion and a SmackDown champion. I, I don't think that one person should hold both titles. But um, other than that, man, I mean, gosh, again, I mean, Cody's got it in his blood. Paul Heyman has do, been doing this since longer than I've been alive. And they're masters at it. And when you can add something that's, based in real life you know real life stories real life emotions real life um interactions between a a family dynasty and the Rhodes dynasty and uh and Paul Heyman who has been connected with the wrestling business again since longer than I've been alive um yeah man they they both just delivered and I I I look for you know again we we got you know, roughly two months until Mania. And I, as much as you can get these guys on TV in front of the camera, I'm here for it, man, because they are going to deliver. And man, it was awesome. It really, really was. I think you said everything that needed to be (laughs) said, man. Honestly, Uh, you took the words pretty much straight out of my mouth, man. I mean, (laughs) 16 minutes. Was yeah. The only flaw that I have about this, Brian, is that it didn't go another 16 minutes because <laughs> that's how intrigued I was into this. Uh, me too. I, I mean, guys, 
it's unbel it's unbelievable, man. Listen, I understand people too are also high on Sammy Sammy Zayn right now, and rightfully so. Sammy Zayn mm -hmm. has earned the spot that he is in. But guys, if you're telling if if people are really going to be upset that Cody Rhodes is actually going to be the guy um, to take these titles away from Roman, then I don't know what to tell these people because clearly Cody Rhodes is just he's on a different level than he mm -hmm. ever was in his career, and he is catching fire at the right time and he's getting to this moment at the right time at the right mm -hmm. moment um look in, in regards to the titles i don't know if maybe they wait until after wrestlemania to split the titles once cody rhodes wins it or maybe they do do a two-night event for roman where he's defending one title one night and another title the next night i'm not sure um you know but the thing is, though, man, is that the I, I'm just ecstatic to see everything that I have said about Cody Rhodes and the fact that this guy needs to be the one. I've mm -hmm. said it for months, and I've said it for freaking years, that this needs to happen. And yep. it seems like as we get closer to Mania, Brian, it's going to happen. And, yeah. I can't, and the way that it's because and, – and, and, and the reason why I'm happy is because I already know – that these two are going to deliver. I know Rhodes is going to deliver. I know that Roman Reigns is going to deliver. Paul Heyman, everyone that's included in the bloodline are going to deliver. Mm -hmm. So that's why. And, and like I said, Rhodes is, is he is the guy. And like I said, he has made himself into a star and he is getting hot at the right time. Yep. And what, no better time to, to create a big, larger moment than WrestleMania. Um, a moment, honestly, that he's, really never gotten in his singles career his singles as an individual well, not even close ever, not yeah. even close and he's dashing cody rhodes <laughs> right not even dashing cody rhodes now i know he had a big there was a the one really cool moment that i really think he had like i said this is not even as a singles competitor but as a tag team guy with his brother uh gold dust or dustin rhodes when they won the tag titles from the shield i think back in like 2013 or something that was a really cool wholesome moment um, for, for both of them. And that was honestly the really cool feeling type of moment I had for Cody Rhodes. We obviously, we always, we always knew he was talented and he had it, mm -hmm. but ever since man, um, even in AEW, there was times in AEW where I was very, very intrigued by this guy because the persona, everything that he has done to change his, uh, is just the overall aura about himself and that that first match with his brother himself and saying in AEW in eight yeah and in, 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 like I said the promos and all of his work in AEW everything mm -hmm. you know and I know he got a lot of shit in AEW now he's turned into this freaking star in WWE and like you and you mentioned this too Brian about he took a bet on himself yep and and it's paying off and and he is it's well deserved man and if people want a freaking if people want to shit on him and call him now a golden boy and, and, and they want to just think that we're, he's, you know, we're Cody Rhodes is being shoved down our throat. You can go eat a freaking dick. Because yeah, honest, the, the idea, God, the, the idea that WWE ever thought of him as a golden boy or whatever is just exact, so far, exactly. not even it's close. It's so frustrating. Like why? Like the, the fact that it's, it just doesn't make again what fans say. Again, they they when he left WWE, so he was stardust. People, he was not a golden boy in any no. way, shape, or form. No, 
They they ne- they never saw any even with the even with the Rhodes name they didn't give a shit about yep. him. They never mm-hmm. freaking did. And he goes to AEW, right? He was an EVP against against a rival company with with WWE. He leaves AEW, takes a bet on himself to go to the rival company, and now to put all of his chips into one basket and to be in this to be in this position that he's in takes just a lot of just so much guts, hard yep. work, and a lot of freaking balls. So sure. I just have so much respect, if I haven't already, for Cody Rhodes, man. And again, Paul Heyman, I mean, what else do I need to say about Paul <laughs> Heyman, man? Like you mentioned, man, I mean, even be- way before I was freaking alive, um, yep. I mean, just he's been doing this and he does it better than freaking anybody outside of Bobby the Brain Heenan. He's better mm-hmm. than 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 anybody out there, man. And I just yep. I can't praise this segment enough. Like I said, man, the only foul, the only flaw is that it didn't go another sixteen minutes because <laughs> it was that freaking good. Yeah. All right, man. So we go into our sixth match. This was Montez Ford versus Elias. Another qualifying match. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, match time was under seven minutes. Uh, Austin Theory is also out there on commentary. Ford wins this match via this frog splash from the top rope. And also Rollins comes out and attacks Theory. Um, because we gotta have Seth Rollins on the show. Whoa! <laughs> that fucking theme song. We gotta have it on the show because, yeah. you know, it's catchy, I guess. You know, it's just freaking, you know, we gotta Seth Rollins wearing some weird wardrobe that he got from <laughs> Becky Lynch's closet or something. Yeah um yeah see through sheer yeah something just, i don't know i don't fucking know i listen i'm a big <laughs> fashion guy listen i i there were some of his wardrobes that i kind of digged and now it's sure. like getting to the point where it's okay like what the fuck are you wearing bro <laughs> anyway um so yeah he stopped he, he he hits a stomp to the outside he pretty much just out of, just hits his lights out pretty much and that was dancing away to the fucking to the top of the ramp while Montez yeah. Ford is in the ring so we can't he can't get fucking you know just forget about Montez Ford just yeah we just got to we we got to get people to freaking sing Seth Rollins' song because you know because we're just we're trying so devilly just trying so hard to get this dude freaking over with a freaking song mm. while you can't just make Seth Rollins just freaking Seth Rollins the guy that you had that the same Seth Rollins that freaking took Cody Rhodes off of television. You could have had that same freaking Seth as a freaking heel, but you had to turn him baby face because you, you guys don't know what the fuck to do with him. And it's so freaking frustrating because, and this is where I get into Montez Ford. Montez Ford, this to me guys was, I mean, at this point, man, the plug has got to be pulled with this freaking tag team. And Montez yeah. Ford has to be on his own. I think the, the street profits have hit their ceiling. This is no shade to Angelo Dawkins. No. I think Angelo Dawkins does have talent, um, but I think it's clear as day. I mean, I, I kind of like it. I can't help but think of the rock of the, uh, the rockers like Shawn Michaels and Marty mm-hmm. Jannetty. Like, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we knew Marty Jannetty had talent. There was there, but Shawn Michaels, we all knew man was just levels of, upon levels better than Marty Jannetty. Right. And that, I see the same thing now with Montez Ford over Angelo Dawkins. Montez yeah. Ford, guys, is a is is freaking good. Mm-hmm. And my, and what I mean by good, I mean really, really good. Um and, and I and it's time, bro. Um I, like he's he's it's like he's not ready. 
It's like, oh, give him time, James. You know, he'll be. No, he's ready. Like right now, like now. Um, and yeah, man. And listen, I hate to say that because it kind of, like I mentioned before too, with the tag division, you know, no street profits. So like, what else is there to do? But at this point, man, it's just like strike. I always talk about strike while the iron is hot. And Montez Ford has something where he is ready to captivate people now and mm-hmm. become a star now. Yep. Um, and again, and who knows, man? I mean, and I'm not guaranteeing, and this is not me guaranteeing that Angelo Dawkins has just become a Marty Jannetty and forget. No, who knows, man? I mean, maybe this can light a fire under Dawkins and Dawkins does become a, a star of his own. And I wish mm-hmm. him all the best, man. I want to see the best out of Montez Ford and the same goes to Angelo Dawkins. But I have to call it like it is, guys. Even if you are a fan of Angelo Dawkins, you can't sit here and bullshit me that Montez Ford is not head and shoulders above Angelo Dawkins and that to me, he's nothing but a 260 pound anchor to Montez Ford because that's what he is. Um, I wish nothing but the best for Angelo Dawkins and who knows, maybe he actually turns into something. Who knows? We don't know. But, but what I do know now is that Montez Ford has it. He has something. And at some point, man, it's time to freaking, it's time to pull the freaking plug or it's time to, you know, or to to pencil it in to be to have this guy go out on his own because yeah. it just needs to happen. Um, I think, like I said, the street profits have hit their ceiling. I don't know if W. I don't think WWE knows what to do with the street profits anymore. Like I said, their ceiling has been hit. And yeah, man, that that's my thought, man. That's my little rant there. But but of course, like I mentioned with Seth Rollins, like we gotta have freaking Montez Ford, you know try to get some shine as a single, but no, we got to have Seth Rollins sing his freaking song because we just got to have it on the show because you know, yeah. the song is catchy and the fans like it. Like give me fucking break. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. That, that should have, or could have been, you know, uh, a building block step, which it still was for Montez Ford, but you, Seth Rollins didn't need to come out there and and do that in that moment. It, it just let Montez Ford celebrate that win and going on to the chamber and and whatever. Um, yeah, because it's, like, it's like how many times do we need to see Seth and Theory together? Like exactly, in a freaking fight segment, guys. I've seen this now. It like about how long, guys? Five thousand times. Theory and Rollins together. <laughs> For how fucking Rollins, long, guys. This is why nobody cares about the United States title. This is why right. over at AEW, nobody cares about the TNT title because we yep. have characters that are supposed to be baby faces, but they're also heels and they're not booked properly. Nobody's giving us a reason to care about theory, about Rollins, because everyone's thrown in fucking qualifying matches. That's what frustrates me because this is supposed mm-hmm. to be your mid-card division and no one gives a shit. And that that's just my frustration, man. Go ahead, man. So, Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no worries. So who so what are the six guys in the in the men's elimination chamber? There's priest, uh Montez you got, you, Ford. Obviously, obviously you have the champion Austin Theory. You right. have Seth Rollins, you have Damian Priest, you have now Montez Ford, you have Bronson Reed, and you have Bronson Johnny Gargano. Reed and Gargano. So yeah, like I said at the beginning, I, I think I think Austin Theory loses this uh you know loses his title at the at the chamber and god i you know i i like seth rollins like but i don't i just hope he's not the one winning because here's what i think 
uh, you know, again, I mentioned, oh God, I think there's, <laughs> right. God. I oh think there's an angle God. here where Montez Ford and the Hurt Business might have something there. Here are my two. It's either, it's either Priest or Montez Ford. I think that need to win this elimination chamber. I give it to Priest. I don't Either think Montez Ford needs the title. I mean, especially this, you know, the fa- if you're going to build him in a in a singles career, I wouldn't throw him uh, throw him a title just yet. Give the title to Fair Priest enough. because his yeah. work with the Judgment Day for the past few months, I think, um, especially if you're going to also have Rhea win the uh, and now they got two champions in the faction. Title, sure, I think you know the fact that Judgment Day actually has a little bit of something going here. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if 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 the title is going to change, which to me, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of. But but here's the thing: WWE has put themselves <laughs> in this position, you know, yeah. where oh, what we already had a title change two to three months ago, and that's what I mean about this title. Like, how many times are we going to play hot potato with this freaking title until yeah. the prestige of the title is just like just dead? You know? Yeah, uh, it's almost there now. But but yeah, back to Montez. Yeah, I can't uh, sing his praises enough. I'm a I'm a fan of him on the mic, um, crowd interaction, the energy he brings, um, and of course his and yes, he does some of the flippy divey shit. But at the same time, I think I think I don't know. It is like I wouldn't say he's like a you know like a um, like a young bucks type where it's you know I, I think he does it strategically. And there's certain spots in a match. Like, that's not all his game is. But he he has it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been uh, pretty high on Montez Ford here. I, I think, actually, in our first top five list, I think he you was in Montez mine. I think, yeah, I think he was might have been number five. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm ready. Again, I, and this is no shade to Angelo. I, I agree with you. I think they've just hit their ceiling and they need to – split them up and i think montez ford is ready to go you know go he's a star man uh, he's you know whether and wwe low-key kind of pr- showed that to you for not having dawkins in this match and putting montez in because they exactly see, exactly they see more in montez than they do in dawkins because if, right. they, if they were high on dawkins they'd have him in this match right you know what i'm saying so, mm-hmm. so i mean I, like i said in, in fact i mean it's bad enough when in your mid-card title scene you're having two tag team guys going after a mid-card title anyway but that's what yeah. i mean like they're putting montez I think they're... over dawkins that that that's everything you need to know so yeah the writing's on the wall for that team exactly um, the writing's on the wall mm-hmm. yeah so and, and i'm i'm fully behind it like i said i i, I think what i want to see or hope hope happens at the chamber is either priest or montez ford i'd be good with either one of them winning i, I think there's an avenue and a story to tell either way you go there um and, and i think both of them you know both storylines or or whatever are are good or could be good you know so yeah a uh, huge fan of montez ford and um you know excited to see what he does in the chamber cuz best believe dude he's you know of course, there's a immense talent all over the chamber, but some of the shit he's going to do at the Elimination Chamber, just just watch. <laughs> he's going to put on a show for sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he'll he'll do his thing, man. He'll do his mm-hmm. thing. There is no doubt. Shout out to Montez Ford um, and his beautiful uh, wife, Bianca Belair. Yep. By the way, that dude is WWE a lucky, champ. That dude is a lucky <laughs> freaking man. Oh, sure as hell is. Oh, man. <laughs> 
All right, guys, we go on to the main events, the main event, which was Becky Lynch versus Bailey inside a steel cage match time was 12 minutes. So, uh, like I said, man, the thing is with steel cage matches, man, you know, once you see one steel cage match, you've seen them all, honestly, especially lately on Monday Night Raw and weekly television, the amount of times we've seen a steel cage match. I understand a steel cage is a steel cage. It's It can be fun. It can be whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've seen one steel cage match, you've seen them all. To me, like the prestige of the steel cage to me is just not the same as what it used to be. Um, yeah. Now the times we always see it just out of the freaking out of the blue in the middle of your show it's just or at the end of a weekly show like to me it's just it's just stupid man like to me like those cage matches those big type of feel matches should be on a pay-per-view but what do i know i'm just a freaking podcaster you know what i mean (laughs) um but you know so anyway so a really cool spot bailey delivers a bailey to belly from the top rope um so like they were climbing up on the cage and from the top rope area that they delivered a a Bailey to belly uh, from that spot. Really cool spot. Like I said, the match was mm-hmm. decent for what it was. Again, seen one cage match. You've seen them all. True. Um, but yeah, man, they start to brawl at the top of the cage. Um, damage control is obviously at ringside. That's when EO Sky gets involved. D- Dakota Kai's, uh, she's selling like the leg injury that she had. Yeah. From last week's segment uh, when Becky Lynch pretty much, I guess you could say, just beat the shit out of her last week and almost like destroying her freaking leg. So she's selling that. She has a crutch and all that. But Eo Sky is like, you know, she's climbing up the freaking uh, she's climbing up the cage, um, distracting uh, Becky. Um, so they're like brawling it out. I think they I think she actually threw Becky back into the ring, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Dakota throws Bailey her crutch as a to use as a weapon and then without five seconds later lita that's right lita the wwe Mm -hmm. hall of famer herself her music hits and she takes out damage control she's taking them out in the outside becky i think bailey goes uh to escape the cage through the door lita slams the freaking door in her face and then becky hits bailey with the manhandle slam for the one two three and the W and that is your match, man. And then the end of the end of the show, you have Becky and Lita kind of embracing in the ring, kind of, I guess a little wholesome type of moment uh, for them. And yeah, raw goes off the air. So again, a lot of questions, I guess you can say uh, leading into the chamber, you know, obviously now we've had the match between uh we've already had now we already had the match one-on-one between becky and bailey so now as we get closer to mania you know does lita get involved now like who else gets involved now does does becky lynch call in one more person there's a show called elimination chamber mm-hmm. that's in that's in uh that's in canada Mont- in montreal, montreal. I think there's a Brian. Uh, correct there's me. A, a famous Canadian there's a, there's female a, there's wrestler. A, there's, a fa- there's a famous legend that that that's from that's from Canada or Montreal, is there not? And I think her name happens to be uh, what is? Oh, Trish Stratus. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, man. So before I dive into this, man, Brian, your thoughts on this main event and how everything went down, man. Floor is yours. Let me start off by saying, so I get cage matches can be overplayed. For whatever, I got an affinity for cage matches. Um, and this goes my my first live wrestling memory that I can, and I just vaguely remember it. 
Um, I don't even know how old I was, but my dad took me to a match. And um, it was, in my opinion, the greatest tag team of all time, the Road Warriors, um, who, gosh, I, I loved them back then when I was six years old. And literally the only thing I remember about the entire night was that the Road Warriors were in a cage match at the end of the night. <laughs> so I'll take a cage match all day long, any day. Um, that being said... Is it in WWE now? Because I don't remember him saying this match was like a no DQ or whatever. Is it just automatically expected that if it's a cage match, it's a no DQ? Because when EO started climbing the cage and interfered with Bailey or Becky, I was like, well, what the hell? I mean, that's a D. And the ref's looking right at it. It wasn't like the ref was down or whatever. I would assume it's no DQ if it's a steel cage. I would, you know. I, I, I guess maybe I maybe maybe that's just my I, I just wasn't looking at it that way because I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? That's a DQ <laughs> right there. <laughs> like, but anyway, yeah, good match. Um, you know, surprise shocker from from Lita uh, coming out there. Um, you know, I will say from and we discussed this a little bit before we got on the air here. You know, my favorite time period was the Attitude Era in wrestling. And as far as the women go, it was Lita, 100%, man. Um, for anybody listening that might be of that era or remember it, the women at the time were were, were an afterthought. I mean, their, their things were evening gown matches, you know, um, uh, bathing suit matches or, or whatever. You know, it, they weren't, you know, it was because they all, I mean, let's face it, they're all gorgeous women, you know. And that's that's all it was about, really. Until it was really it was Lita and Trish, and even Trish being you know a beautiful woman as well. But once they started, you know, having a feud and whatever, and they started getting in the ring and putting on legit wrestling matches and good work, that kind of along with China back in the day, that is what turned the tide and the momentum for women maybe more than anything else in, in women's wrestling history. Um, so yeah, again, at the time there, you know, the women were doing evening gal matches and here comes Lita doing freaking moonsaults, which, you know, maybe women had done it before, but I certainly had never seen it. And it was just like, Holy shit. Like this woman is wrestling, not out there just as eye candy. Um, so I, I would love to see Trish and Lita, you know, team up with Becky and go in here uh, to the Elimination Chamber. My only drawback to it is, you know, Lita and Trish are now at least approaching 50, if not 50. I, I'm not quite sure how old they are. And, you know, Becky and Bailey are established, legit veterans of the business. If it were me and, you know, you needed two women to to team up with Becky to take on damage control, I would just prefer to see some younger talent, you know, be those two women to to build them up and to to get some shine on them, you know. That's my only real drawback to it. Um, I, I think, uh, obviously, and especially in Canada, if Trish does happen to come back, that's, again, going to be another huge pop. And the draw from attitude era and and people who obviously know of lita and trish that's that's going to bring eyes to the to the pay-per-view so 
I get it from a business standpoint for sure. I just think at this point, it would behoove WWE to put girl like you know, I, I like Bailey is with EO and and Dakota, you know, um, getting them a little bit more shine. I'd like to see two younger females that maybe are up and coming or just you know haven't quite hit the big time yet. I, I would have done it that way, but nothing wrong with going with Lita and Trish. Fully behind that as well too. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's maybe what what we're setting up for here going into the chamber. And I don't know if that continues after the chamber going into Mania. Who knows? Um, but yeah, all in all, good match. Love to see Lita back. That was awesome. Um, I gotta tell you, man, I EO Sky, man. I don't know what it is about her, but man, I'm I'm a huge fan. Like even you know Dakota's good too, but for me, it's EO Sky. Uh, man, I, I just I, I want to see her involved more. I mean, granted, she's tag team champion, so I mean other than being a world champion or something, where, where else is she going to go? But even with, I think we've touched on it here a couple of times, even with them being the tag team champions, it doesn't really feel special right now. It just, it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, they're tag team champions. The belts are on them right now, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, so yeah, that's just a quick shout out about EO sky. I, I, I hope that she gets uh, some good things in the future, but all in all, it sets up this, you know, or continues this feud going into Elimination Chamber, which I'm good with. And it, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, a hell of a match there, too. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, no no doubt about EO Sky, man. I, I've said it for months and years, too. Mm-hmm. This girl freaking has it, man. Um, she does. But there's just, some, I don't know. I mean, I, it's good to see her name back. It's good to see her, you know, at least getting no TV time and, and all that yeah. stuff. But man, yep. like, and listen, and, I, and I'm very high on Dakota Kai too. I think Dakota Kai is just as good as as Eo Sure. Kai. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks to see them in in a tag division that's just not even relevant. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, a women's tag. Like how? I mean, there are no there are no women tag team match or tag no. teams. They're they're no. just two people yeah. put together as a tag. Why is it still even a thing? It should be in the trash <laughs> along with the freaking twenty four seven title. But anyway. <laughs> Um, to, to end this man, um, look, obviously last week I was going to, I literally said that I was going to kind of rip this, this company if they were actually going to do this match, because <laughs> I, I thought that, you know, was this just another stepping stone in the storyline to carry this match into mania? So I'm like, there's no way they're actually going to do this match and just end this, end this feud here. Right. But it was the way that they ended this, this show with Lita. And I don't know if you guys remember, but it's been pretty close to the year of when Lita and Becky Lynch faced off at Elimination Chamber. I want to say this was in Saudi. And to me, man, it's just like it's like kind of like a little full circle type of moment where, Mm -hmm. you know, they were they were better enemies. They were facing and they were feuding at one another. And now a year later, here they are. And Becky has to like, you know, she's in this pickle. And she even stated in the early on in the show where, you know, she has to like. Um, you know, she has a hand that she needs to call in for this, you know, because she referenced damage control and the rest of damage control being out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I think it makes like I liked it. I I, I like yeah. it, and I like 
that it's it, and it makes sense like it comes in full circle that way because it's literally to the year of when Lita and Becky Lynch were together in the ring and now here they are now they have a common well officially now Lita now has they both now have a common foe in bet in Bailey and damage control men and I and I hear where you're coming from Brian I really do when it comes to you know why not have any of these other women um being a part of this feud the problem is man it's just if they were going to be a part of something like they could have or excuse me if they would have been a part of something like this leading mm -hmm. into mania they would they should have been built months ago true to yeah. me it's too yeah. late man i mean i mean who are you you're going to throw in what raquel candace like does anyone care about them right now? And like, and that's no shade. Like, I like them. I like them as people, and I think they're they have potential as performers. But their booking guys is shit, and nobody cares, you know. And and it's it sucks to say. And 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 trust me, Brian, I hear where you're coming from, and you're not wrong because these women should be booked like Alita and a Trish Stratus, right, into mm. this type of segment. They should be, but they're not. But and here's the thing with Lita as well, you know, we, and we, and like I said, I, I said this about edge, right? I don't care how old these people are, right? Like with edge at his age, man, he can still freaking go. He can mm -hmm. still go on the microphone. He proved that earlier in the night and he's even proven in matches with, um, with Seth Rollins and others, he can still freaking go and put on a tremendous match and he's going to do his thing. Absolutely. And the same goes, man, for for Trish and Lita. Like I've mm -hmm. seen them perform, and they could still put on a freaking ten minute freaking classic. Oh, no honestly. doubt. Honestly, yeah. So yeah. I really don't mind. I don't mind if you're gonna have something for Becky because what's the plan now for Becky and Bailey if they were just gonna end this feud? Like, what's the plan for Mania? So if listen, if and listen, I'm not a fan of six man schmas circus matches. I'm just not. <laughs> but if you're gonna have Becky. Lita and maybe potentially Trish as a team to face damage control if book pop properly in a storyline. I'm down. And yeah. I'm totally fine with it because it's WrestleMania season. Listen, you have it, it's bad enough you haven't booked anyone else properly anyway. So to me, like I'm I'm fine with it. And 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 but here's the thing. Here, here's the thing is. I hope they don't rush this to Elimination Chamber because if you're going to have Trish return, I would mm -hmm. have her make a surprise return. You know, it's from Canada. She's going to get the big pop, right? There's no, there's right. really no need to make her wrestle and just be like, oh, okay, now we're going to see them wrestle again against the same people in about a month. Like, what sense mm -hmm. does that make, guys? Come on. Have her return to the chamber, whatever segment you want to throw Lita, Becky, and damage control in. And set up that match, that that six man tag, whatever type of match you want to do, to mania, to mania. Because again, guys, what are the plans for Bailey? What are the plans for Becky for WrestleMania at this mm -hmm. point now? Because we're we're literally like almost a week away from Elimination Chamber, and then we're officially onto onto WrestleMania for the next right. month. So what's the plan? You know. So yeah. to me, that's why I'm going to, I'm going to give WWE credit because they're not treating elimination chamber like it's just some of this jobber type of freaking pay-per-view that no one should watch you know no they're not like you know they're like oh like you know elimination chambers here whatever but wrestlemania right they always do that yeah. no they're like dude 
by elimination chamber. We have Brock. We have freaking Lita comes back. You know, who knows? You might see her there. Sammy and Roman. I give a lot of credit to WWE, man. They're making Elimination Chamber a a show that you need to tune in to see and how it leads into WrestleMania. I like that, man. You know what I'm saying? We see too much of these, you know, like these shows, like these pay-per-views, like in between WrestleMania. It just doesn't feel special because WWE doesn't put all of their eggs or all their chips into one basket until they approach WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... I'm I am totally fine with it. I think it makes sense under those circumstances. Um, if it again, if I'm booking this, you save Trish, Lita, and Becky as a team for WrestleMania against damage control. Because again, guys, at this point, what other plans do you have for Bailey and Becky? You've already had the match. You can't do it yeah. again. What else do we need to see now? Because they've already right. had the match. So, but yeah, man, that's where yeah. I'm coming from. As far as this show is concerned, as we wrap it up here, I think it was decent. I know yep. it's shocking, guys. I know I shit on Monday Night Raw <laughs> a lot on this platform, but I got to call it like it is, man. Outside of the qualifying matches, the, the Hurt Business, I guess somewhat, you know, rejoining or, you know, I guess repackaging, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call sure. it. You know, but outside of that, man, Beth and Edge... Cody and Heyman back and forth playing volleyball on the freaking microphone. Yep. Um, and, and listen, this match, you know, listen, again, I understand, but the, the ending of the steel cage match and what it could lead to now, you have Lita in the picture, right. potentially Trish Stratus, who knows? Um, you know, I, you know, Chelsea Green, <laughs> I'd even mentioned like Chelsea Green yeah. in this freaking thing and how tremendous, you know, she was put in in some of these segments. Like, this was a decent show. Now, listen, I'm not going to lower my standard and say it was great or good. Okay. I'm not going to do that because I've seen great to good. Brian, you've seen great to good. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to call this freaking this show great because there was a few hints of good in the show. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that type of podcaster. I'm not that type of critic. Uh, but yeah, man, listen, I'll give them, I'll give WWE their flowers. They're doing, they're doing well. Um, there's again, the judgment day. Edge and Beth, and of course you have the Bloodline and, and Sami Zayn. Um, there's a lot to be, you know, into yeah, right now. You know, whether is. they drop the ball or not remains to be seen. So I'm still on the edge about that. You know, like okay, they're doing well, you know, but but you're still kind of like on you're still on on uh, on ice on thin ice here, being like okay, just do not f it up, <laughs> right? Just do not f it up, man. Yep. So. Uh, yep. But yeah, man, uh, like I said, man, decent show. Do they continue this momentum? Remains to be seen, man. So guys, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode, man. This was episode number 16, WWE Monday Night Raw, February 6th, 2023, man. So make sure you guys tune in on Thursday when we cover, uh, what, what's it called again, Brian? What's it called from that? What, it, it uh, it's going to be the shit show. It's going to be the shit until <laughs> the until shit otherwise show. until otherwise know, proven guys, otherwise. We're being mean, I know. Like let's <laughs> there's AEW fans like oh James, you're so mean, man. Like stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, mean, yes, but AEW quote yes uh quote unquote the shit show <laughs> will be reviewing on Thursday, and uh, also guys just to uh, make an announcement, Brian will not uh, unfortunately won't be able to cover uh, SmackDown for this. Uh, 
uh, for this Saturday or Sunday. Like I said, I'll still keep you guys posted of when that is. But your boy will be going solo, so don't worry. I got you guys covered. Uh, that will be either Saturday or Sunday, so I'll let you know when that is. But, yes, Brian will, will not uh, be involved in that show, unfortunately. But, like I Super said – Super disappointed I'm, about that, too, because I, I really feel – I mean, obviously – you got that that uh, Uso tag, and so you know the blow line. It's I, I think it's going to be a good show, and, yeah, and you man, know it's, it's going to be a lot I will, to watch there. Yeah, I will hold down the fort, man, for both of us, man. Like I usually, like I try to do when uh, when Brian is unfortunately unable to uh, to to be a part of these reviews because you know Brian, you know you 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 bring. That's why I have Brian on this show, man, because he brings a different uh, a different opening to things. You know, obviously, listen, I. I have my critiques. I bring facts. I bring statistics, and and so does Brian. But he also, we also bring, you know, like I said, man, we're from two different generations, man. That's why I have him on sure. this platform. That's why he's here. Um, and like I said, it's always, uh, it's always a bummer not to have you on this show, man. But I will always hold down the fort when I can, and I will do that. Absolutely, uh, and, and yeah, and you just the ones that I've missed. Yeah, you've done it well, and uh, yeah, it's always a bummer when I'm not able to do it too. So, and then like I said, I will, I will hold down the fort uh for that show when that time comes man so but thank you guys man that is going to do it for today's episode thank you guys again for tuning in and thank you to all the uh newer viewers uh the newer viewers is that a mm -hmm. word <laughs> or the newest <laughs> newest listeners uh that yeah. is tuned in onto this platform uh we appreciate all of you guys uh to everyone on our on our instagram page on our facebook group we can't thank you guys enough keep being you keep being uh uh keep listening and tuning in and yeah, man, we just appreciate all of you guys. So that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And we are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.